This podcast is brought to you by Eisner Award-winning Legend Comics and Coffee in Omaha, Nebraska, and supporting listeners like you. Go to TwoHeadedNerd.com and click donate, or visit Patreon.com backslash TwoHeadedNerd to become a supporter today. Ha-cha! Hey, this is Dave from Municipal Waste. You're listening to THN with Dave and Matt. Joe and Matt. <laughs> Joe and Matt. Got it. <laughs> That's even better. <laughs> Broadcasting from the Ziggurat at Omaha, deep below the metro area, it's our pleasure to welcome you to episode 11 of the Two-Headed Nerd Convo Podcast. My name is Matt Baum. That was an almost famous callback. So the kid found out he was actually 11. He thought it was his 10th birthday. And he's sitting in the back seat and he goes, 11! <laughs> it was great. And I'm Joe Patrick. Together we are the Two-Headed Nerd, two full-grown man babies with more than... I'm going to say it's 50 years of combined comic book knowledge. I bet it's closer to 80. I think my, it might be. <laughs> Bonded by, it might be, Matt, because yeah. you're over 40 okay, and I'm shut almost up. 40. We don't need to tell the people this. <laughs> Bonded by an ancient curse and forced to discuss this week's comic books, news, and reviews for your listening pleasure. This week, Joe and I ignore the College World Series to review 12 of Wednesday's new comics. Then we'll visit the THN Sanctum Sanctorum, where we've uncovered the evil truth behind Amazon's purchase of Whole Foods. And a couple of comics we're excited to read Diabolical. next week. And finally, we'll foul the show over the third baseline into the internet when we open up the phone lines to talk to you nerds for our cover to cover segment. But before we start hiring lawyers to represent our lawyers, we better talk about this week's Nerd Nerds! Joke's on you. I love baseball, so I understood all those references. Oh, look at you. Adam West died Friday, June 9th, at the age of 88 after battling leukemia. God. I didn't even know he was sick. I didn't even know he was 88. It, well, yeah. I mean, I knew he was old. This comes from a statement from his family. West was best known for portraying the lead in ABC's Batman TV series, which ran for three seasons from 1966 to 1968. West landed the Batman gig in 1965, taking on what would become the definitive role of his career. West's Batman was colorful and heroic and campy and earnest, and the series defined Batman not just for fans of the show, but for DC Comics and their approach to the character for decades after the show was canceled. For many of us, Adam West was our first Batman. Sadly, uh, when Adam West died, it hit me more than I thought it would. Yeah, I don't normally get worked up like that about yeah. Celebrity deaths. Um, well, this kid came that works with me at the meatball came over and he was like, hey, somebody on Twitter said Batman died. Like, and I was like, what? And they're like, yeah, they said Batman is dead. And I was like, Batman is dead. What are you like? They're like, no, the actor that played Batman. It's like, where are we going with this? Are you telling me like Ben Affleck yeah. is dead? <laughs> <It's> like, <laughs> like, but they had no idea who Adam West was. Yeah. And I had to be like, okay, he voiced the mayor in The Family Guy. They're like, oh, that guy. (laughs) (laughs) I was on vacation when it happened, and I had been out all day, like, away from the internet, uh, doing fun things, shopping, whatever. And I got this random text from a friend of mine who asked me a question about Adam West. Like, is Adam West my favorite Batman? He didn't say anything about him passing away. And I was just like, that's weird. Uh, and then it wasn't until later in the day that my wife, Michelle, said, oh, by the way, I'm really sorry, but Adam West died. And, like, I was just, like, I got, like, I punched in the face. Yeah. No, it hit me. And, man, it hit a lot of people. DC full-on freaked out. Yeah. You had creators all over the internet coming out to say how influential West was. Mm-hmm. And, yeah, we all make fun of the old Batman show. It was campy. It was stupid. I, 
But it was important. I have it was important, and I have a much different relationship with it now than I did when I was young. And uh, so, um, Chase Magnet posted something uh, on Twitter that I really related to, and it was basically this: um, my relationship with the Batman TV series progressed from loving it as a kid, thinking it was stupid as a teenager, yeah, loving it kind of ironically. In my 20s, and then now as an old guy. Just respecting it. Just straight up loving it, like genuine appreciation for that show. It is campy. It is not um, what many would consider a traditional version of Batman. Right. But it's so joyful, and he really brought that character to life for for several generations of people. Well, and just last year, he returned to the role of Batman for uh, an animated special with Julie Newmar. Yeah, Julie Newmar and, and Burt Ward. Ward. Yeah, and yeah, it was called Return of the Cape Crusaders, and they just announced online that Adam West was able to finish his work on the sequel uh, before he died. This one's coming out called Batman versus Two Face. That's awesome. Pretty cool. Yeah, uh, and good way to go. Everybody's coming out in huge support for the family and and to honor him. Uh, the city of Los Angeles shined the bat signal on City Hall on Thursday night. Yeah, that was awesome. Uh, his that family was, really was there. Awesome. It was. It's really sad. Like, I'm still really, I'm a little choked up just well, thinking about it. Then again, dude had a long <laughs> life. He died at 88. You know, I, I think he yeah. did everything he wanted to do and seemed to enjoy himself. Well, and the sad it fact sucks is that he that, died of leukemia, I'm sure. But. Right. The sad fact is that this is going to start happening a lot, probably in the next few years with uh, these beloved figures from our yeah. youth. Um, but yeah, this one hurt. So. Let's talk about something good. In brighter news, Marvel Studios released the first trailer for the upcoming Black Panther film during the NBA Finals, where we all go to see our favorite movie trailers, last week. Hey, they got a huge audience. <laughs> a huge captive audience. Featuring Chadwick Boseman in all of his regal Wakandan glory. I forced my wife, Casey, to film my reaction to the trailer and post it on Twitter. I kind of wiggled. It was adorable. Yeah, you squealed like a little pig. Oh, man. (laughs) That trailer looks awesome. (laughs) Uh, I agree. I was super excited about it. I I loved seeing Wakanda. I loved the idea that... uh, So it starts with Andy Serkis as Claw. Love Andy Serkis. I love him. Being interrogated by uh, Everett K. Ross. If you're not watching him on Into the Badlands, you are missing out. That guy chews up scenery like nobody's business. I need to watch that show. It's a great show. Uh, So he's being interrogated by Martin Freeman, who plays Everett K. Ross, about this mythical country. And Andy Serkis is like, you don't understand. Everyone thinks it's this tiny village. Right. They don't know where it is. They think it's in South America. No, it's in Africa, and you do not understand. Yeah. And they show this kind of typical African uh, veldt, you know, and, right. and what you might expect to see. And then all of a sudden, you're like, Blade Runner. <laughs> yeah. Full on Jack Kirby Wakanda. Yeah. It's crazy. Oh, like, man. you thought Asgard looked nuts in Thor. Man, <laughs> this looks so cool. And the Dora Milaje were there. Yeah. And I didn't realize that one of them is played by the woman uh, that plays Michonne on The Walking yeah. Dead. Yes. Which is totally rad. Yeah. Uh, I-, I am very excited. This trailer really did it for me. Yeah, it looks super colorful. It looks crazy. Michael B. Jordan is there playing some kind of weird guy. I don't know who he is. I He's haven't looked at him. He's Killraven. Not Killraven. Or not Killraven. Killmonger. Oh, is he Killmonger? He's Killmonger. Killmonger right, cool, with cool, like yeah. kind of a Tony Hawk flop. <laughs> yeah, yeah, he's got that. Uh... He looked good, though. Yeah. <laughs> uh, man, I can't wait. I can't wait. Yeah, and they've got like the weird technology and everything. They're shooting laser guns. I mean, this is full on Wakanda. Yeah. 
They Marvel again going for it. And it started like they they put out that poster. And I saw people online shitting on that poster. I'm like, are you kidding me? That poster is rad. Yeah, totally. Or awesome. he's just like sitting on the throne all yeah. badass. Oh, man. I am very pumped. Yeah, super excited for this one. When does it come out? Uh, Next year, like February, I think. February okay. 2018. I think that's right. There's no way we could find that out. No, no, no. It's too bad. Right. In comic book news, actor Jay Baruchel has been named chief creative officer of Chapter House Comics. This blows my mind. This news threw Matt for a loop. This comes as part of a larger deal where the Tropic Thunderstar has become an investor or co-owner in the Canadian publisher, which is run by CEO and founder Fadi Hakim. If you look Baruchel up on IMDb, it says Canadian actor. Didn't know he was Canadian. Didn't know he was a nerd. Yeah, I knew he was an actor. <laughs> I mean, just look at him. He's bound to be a nerd. But I guess, yeah. I thought he was more like a drama he's, nerd, yeah. right? He's a Jewish comedian, so yeah, he's a nerd. <laughs> so... Uh, here's a quote. What started with a conversation about bringing Captain Canuck to the big screen very quickly evolved into my asking Fadi if I could invest in Chapter House, said Baruchel. As both a patriot and a lifelong nerd, the breadth of vision and daring that Chapter House has already displayed in their two short years was nothing short of staggering. Let's calm down. Yeah. I mean, I like it too, but right, yeah. come on, guys. Uh, Chapter House was founded in 2015. They quickly established themselves with the acquisition of Captain Canuck, which is a long-running, well, not long-running, but it's been around for a long time. It's an old property from the 80s. Canadian superhero. Uh, they describe themselves as Canada's largest comic book publisher, which I'm sure must be true. Probably. By default. Yeah. Uh, and a lot of their stuff is... Tying in big time to like this Canadian patriotism idea, which is great. What do you mean Canadian patriotism idea? Uh, like, it, um, listen to you. No, no, no. I mean that you think like, Canadians aren't patriotic? No, 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 no. Good That's Lord not what Joe. I mean. I mean that all of their titles. <laughs> oh, kinda... America's the only country that can be patriot. <laughs> no, I'm saying that most comic book companies I'm don't kidding. all have Captain I'm America kidding. as the star of their comics. <laughs> Uh, Yeah, Yeah, this was like this huge dream of his growing up. He was a big comic book kid. Uh, He calls it a holy mission, which again, dial it back, Jay. Dial it back. I know you're a thespian. Baruchel, for those of you that don't know the name, he's best known as the lead voice actor in How to Train Your Dragon, which I have not seen, but apparently those movies are very popular. Kids love them. Uh, He also appeared in TV shows and films like Knocked Up, Tropic Thunder, uh, Undeclared, which is a wonderful show. Yeah, that, he's boys with Apatow and yeah, all those guys. Right. Uh, he was in This is the End. He just had a series on FXX called Man Seeking Woman. It was really good. And yeah, he got his start with Chapter House this year. He co-wrote the free comic book day Captain Canuck one-shot. You know, I saw his name on that, and I did. I just assumed it's some other Jay Baruchel, you know? <laughs> I, I didn't even think about it. Yeah, you know. <laughs> I don't know. I just didn't connect it. Right. I, right. It's such a weird... It's such a weird news item that yeah. you have to think that can't be who I think it is. It's like seeing a comic book with like um, Tom Cruise's name on right. it. Right. And you'd be like, well, there's got to be a thousand. Tom Certainly Cruise there must there. be another yeah. Tom Cruise. Totally. But yeah, Matt, what do you think about this? I think it's nuts. This uh, came just after the announcement that Chapter House entered a, this big distribution partnership with Diamond Comics and Diamond Books Division, which is like planning to have this stuff in retailers like Walmart and Target, Toys R Us, Borders, which I didn't even think was still around. Nah, they're gone, bro. <laughs> Chapters, which I guess is Canadian, probably. Maybe they're still around in Canada. Yeah, Borders. maybe. I don't know. But this is totally nuts. I, I mean, Chapter House has been killing it. And we've reviewed a bunch of Chapter House stuff, and we've really liked it. And 
you know what? A lot of companies already have their stuff printed in Canada, so just why not have a company there? It makes sense. Yeah. I love that Jay Baruchel is this excited about it, and he's as big a nerd as we are. Hell, if we were famous, we'd be doing the same thing. I had that exact same thought. If I was, if I'm movie if star I guy, was a rich celebrity, the first thing I would do would be like, mm, can I buy IDW yeah, or but, something? Yeah, totally. I would be, I'd look at somebody who's having a little financial trouble and went, hey, I'm here. Let's do this. Yeah. Spend my money, assholes. I love it. I think this is great. I yeah, I hope he, I hope it works and I hope that his name elevates them and gets them out there, gets totally. them more attention. Totally. And if it leads to better books, their books are already good. But if it leads to more good books, yeah. I'm all for it. More better books. More better books. <laughs> That's the big news for this week. If you'd like to discuss these stories and everything we missed, head over to the Two Headed Nerd Forums big news section. Every Sunday, my favorite train dragon, Joe Patrick, posts the question of the week in everyone's favorite digital nerd sanctuary, the THN forums. I ride Joe Patrick around. He flies, and I, like, pull back on the reins, and he spits fire and stuff. It's weird. Joe Patrick. We have an odd relationship. What are we asking the nerds this week? This week's question comes from one of our newest patrons and forum members, Ethan Harrison, who has really taken to the forums like a champ. Nice. Ethan asks, which comic book story or series totally stuck the landing and had the most satisfying conclusion. This is a good one because we've already done like the series that missed the landing. We did. And in fact, I had to think about this really hard to, to make sure we didn't already do this one, but yeah. we did the opposite. This, yeah. This is great. I love it. And I have an answer already. So, okay. I got a couple. I'm going to have to narrow it down. Yeah. You can call the Ziggurat hotline 402-819-4894. Leave your message there. You can also email your MP3 answer to two nerd at gmail.com. Whatever you do, please keep it under two minutes. We'll have to cut you off if you don't. And if you want to win internet friends and impress internet people, just call us live next week at the aforementioned Ziggurat Hotline or just click the Call Now button on our Facebook page. If you need more than two minutes, just like we said Ethan did, head over to the THN web forums and join our sex cult of listeners in the discussion. Let's not make it weird. The forums are where we distill the raw energon that powers this show. And where the real nerdy shit happens. Anything cool going on forum talk right now, Joe Patrick? Checking it out. Checking it out right now. Danny from Iowa is posting about the original Teen Titans cartoon, which makes it sound very old, but he means the kind of weird anime one from the early 2000s. Uh, he needs some help figuring out which Robin it is. Oh. It's very ambiguous. It's Dick Grayson. Yeah. But yeah, there's a conversation there. Brian Domingos is chiming in. Uh, there's people responding to la our last episode uh, specifically. Uh, Anthony from Brooklyn's homemade character, Cream Slimer. Oh, gross. Do you remember that? Yeah, first he creams you, then he slimes you. Yeah, that's the guy. Gross. Yeah, that's the guy. We got some people very excited about the Runaways relaunch. Uh, a lot of discussion about Rob Liefeld in the Hall of Legends. Some, uh, yeah, so a lot of I general. Assume it's, assume it's all very respectful. It's very <laughs> respectful. So, yeah, people talking about the news, talking about uh, they're submitting questions of the week, which is definitely something we need more of. Oh, yeah. The moral of the story go to the forums. They're awesome. We'll interact with you. We can interact with others. It is a relatively safe space. It's a very safe <laughs> space. Very safe it's space. the happiest place on the internet. Yeah, I can't believe the discourse is so good. It really is. I know. Respectful cat. It, like Brian Domingo said, they're not going to come into our front lawn and take shit. But I appreciate that. I've got two pugs here. Yeah. Well, the College World Series is in town, and no one is more pissed than my host. 
because college baseball is not a sport. You might not know that. Yeah, apparently, according to Matt, because they use metal bats, these plucky college kids aren't playing big boy ball. Metal bats are for little kids hitting a ball off a fucking tee. Ridiculous. All right? So, to distract Matt from starting a drunken brawl with the visiting LSU fans, we'll be reviewing 12 of this week's new comics and knocking them out of the park with a thunderous ping! A sound that you should never hear in baseball. During the ludicrous speed round! Ludicrous speed! Go! Dark Days, The Forge from DC, 40 pages for $4.99. The conflict looming in DC's upcoming metal event is finally starting to take shape, thanks in part to this one-shot by Scott Snyder, James Tinian IV, Jim Lee, John Romita Jr., Andy Kubert, Claus Jansen, and more. Woo! The creative heft behind this one-shot is pretty sizable, and it actually seems worth it. A new mystery about the DC Universe is starting to come into focus, viewed through the lens of a number of classic characters and concepts that have been missing from the DCU for years. I was worried that this event was going to be all grim and gritty, but the more they reveal and the more I read about it, the more it looks like it'll be a heavy metal romp of good versus evil through the DC multiverse. The creative talent here can't be denied, and for a $5 prelude issue, it seemed like essential reading. I've gone from dreading it to hesitant to excited for metal, and Dark Days The Forge kicks things off with a bang. Buy it! War Orgasmageddon, number one from Dynamite. It's 32 pages for $3.99. Because no one demanded it, death metal cosplayer band Guar gets a limited series that captures all the dick and violent fart jokes of their live shows and time travel. Well, I mean, a number of Kickstarter backers demand it. Okay, fine. Look, there is nothing here for anyone that isn't a Guar fan. And honestly, if you're not in on the joke, then this is easily an exercise in offensive absurdity with a couple of plot holes that left me wondering if I missed a page or maybe two. As a Guar fan, it is my honest opinion that the band should have quit after the lead singer Odorous Urungus died. With that said, this was stupid at best and poorly executed at worst. I am saying Guar Orgasmageddon number one gets both a who asked for this and a leave it. <laughs> Harsh words for Guar. I love Guar, but leave that shit on the stage, man. We don't need it. It seems to me that this comic book just encapul- encapsulates what Guar is. It so does. I'm not sure I understand I'm your just complaints. saying it doesn't work in a comic form. Yeah, All right, there you go. Legion of Superheroes slash Bugs Bunny special from DC, 48 pages for $4.99. <laughs> Sam Humphreys and Tom Grummet team up for the first Legion of Superheroes comic book to hit stands since the cancellation of their last series four years ago. And it's got Bugs Bunny in it. Because why not? <laughs> I was expecting a terrible parody of my beloved future team forced together with Warner Brothers' most iconic character for 30 pages or so of terrible jokes. I couldn't have been more wrong. This one shot is hilarious. Humphreys absolutely kills it with a script that skewers the more angsty tendencies of the Legionnaires and bounces their Silver Age goofiness off of the lunacy of Bugs Bunny. And I'm always happy to see Tom Grummet get more work. His classic superhero style is a perfect fit for this. There's a strange backup story that I couldn't wrap my head around at first, but I figured it out. The lead story is a Legion of Superheroes tale featuring Bugs Bunny. The backup is a Bugs Bunny story done in that Looney Tunes cartoon style featuring the Legion. Oh. So it was like if it was a team up with a kid's book. I got you. Right? Unfortunately, the Looney Tunes creator, Juan Manuel Ortiz, uses, no joke, the exact same plot, literally, 
as Humphreys and Grummet's story, so it just comes off as a watered-down adaptation of something you just read. Sounds dumb. Weird. <laughs> Still, I had a blast with the main story, and I was expecting to hate it. It's not the Legion revival I've been hoping for, but I loved it, man. Legion, Bugs Bunny gets a huge buy-in from me. All right. Defenders number one from Marvel, 40 pages, $4.99. BM Bendis gets a job of forcing the Marvel Netflix U into the MCU, and thanks to the amazing art of David Marquez, it at least looks amazing. The story, on the other hand, was a little... Well, it was weird. This felt like Brian Bendis was trying to pay homage to the street-level comics of the Marvel 70s, but it didn't work at all. Each character had this splash page featuring the font from their monthly title and a collage of their past that felt like introductions for Netflix viewers that didn't know these were comic book characters. Oh, and Diamondback is back, too. Not the Serpent Society's Diamondback, but Luke Cage's old nemesis, who Marquez makes look like an evil Andre 3000. The book felt extremely forced, but luckily, I'm not especially interested in any of these characters' own books at present. Not to mention the fact that there was a bunch of throwaway lines in this, referencing other things going on in the Marvel Universe. Like, there's a line where one guy says, like, well, after what happened to the X-Men, everybody had to get out of there, or whatever. And they don't and explain no editors it? No. no editor's note whatsoever. How... And they do this like four times. You've got, uh, ostensibly, you've got people coming from Netflix yes. to read your new Defenders book and you don't reference other events? Or even people like me who aren't reading whatever happened in whatever X-Men thing or whatever happened in the Heroes for Hire book that I'm not reading, which they also mention, but they don't tell you where to go. What are you doing, Marvel? Come on. Defenders was beautiful to look at. I will say that. Marcus is, is incredible. But it should probably be called Heroes for Hire, and it gets a skimmit at best. I'm surprised. Why are they calling this Defender? Why? Because there's a show. I know, but why call the show that? It's whatever. Catalyst Prime, Excel? Excel. Excel, number one, from Lion Forge, 32 pages, 299. The Catalyst. The Catalyst. The Catalyst. Catalyst. <laughs> the Catalyst Prime universe continues to unfold in this exciting first issue by Joe Casey and Damian Scott. I really loved Casey's take on super speed in this issue. Excel can do all manner of amazing things without fear of bodily harm until he slows down and all of the injuries he should have suffered hit him all at once. Whoa. Yeah, it was awesome. Uh, and then he can like speed heal, but Still. For, for a second there, he's got to slow down and all of a sudden like he's got 10 broken bones. Ugh. Yeah, it's great. Casey's dialogue gets a little bit old man riding youngsters and I don't fully understand the motivation of one of the villains beyond the hero is dating his daughter, hire a hitman. Oh. Uh, but, but, I really enjoyed the story, and Scott's art is phenomenal. He's great. Along with his longtime inker, Robert Campanella, and colorist, Sigmund Torre, Scott shows that you don't have to put a ton of obnoxious digital effects on the page to convey super speed. Oh. Looking at you, The Flash. Hey. The Catalyst Prime universe is off to a kick-ass start so far, and I can't wait to see where they go from here. Excel number one gets a buy it. Rye, history of the Valiant universe one shot from Valiant. It's 32 pages for $3.99. Rapper Roberts writes another in the latest series of Valiant one shots. This one, however, tells the story of the Valiant U up to this point from the point of view of Rye in the year of 40, 4002. This one moves fast and touches every character in the Valiant U, even stupid Punk Mambo. Punk Mambo! But it's an effective look. Pass at the... me that beer, Punk Mambo. Punk Mambo. <laughs> but it's an effective look at the greater Valiant story. If you've been keeping up, then you really don't need this one shot. And if you're new, it might be pretty overwhelming. Francis Portella kicks ass on I art love here. That artist. 
but the story felt like it was trying to spell out too much too fast. I really enjoyed the other Valiant one-shots of late because they just stood on their own and to tell a fun story. This felt a little too informational in too few pages, if you will. Rye history of the Valiant U was perfectly well executed, but tried to cover too much ground and give it a skin. You know what? If this was just going to serve as a recap of Valiant history, they should have made this the free comic we did. Yeah, I don't know why you did. The Unsound, number one from Boom, 32 pages, 3.99. Ashley's first day as a nurse at Weirmont Psychiatric Hospital turns into a nightmare as a bloody riot sends her fleeing into the bowels of the hospital. Oh, man, I just saw bloody in bowels. I know. Whoa, where is this going? good. (laughs) Her descent takes her to a hellish world populated by lunatics and monsters cloaked in a secret history of black magic and heinous scientific experiments. The solicit for this issue gets a little bit ahead of the story that's in this issue. But it lets you know what you're in for. There's a moment when Ashley arrives at work for the first time and there's nothing there to greet her but a single razor blade sitting out in the open unattended. And it set my nerves on end for some reason. Seeing that everyday object that in certain contexts can cause slow, agonizing pain, sitting out there where it didn't belong set the tone of this issue for me. Writer Cullen Bunn and artist Jack Cole don't let up from that moment on. This is the kind of story we've seen many times before in horror narratives. The mental hospital where something deeply sinister or supernatural is going on, slowly affecting the minds of the quote-unquote normal employees. But Bun and Cole really sold it to me in that moment and in smaller character beats like Ashley's boss palming one of the tiny paper cups on the drug cart and downing the pills. Ashley's descent into the madness of Weirmont Hospital comes at you fast, It's unsettling in the best way, thanks to Bun's script and the tremendous art. Cole's style is representative, but not realistic, and his backgrounds are beautifully detailed. Weirmont comes to life thanks to Cole's sense of design. I've been on a bit of a Colin Bun kick lately, catching up on his X-Men Blue and his new creator-owned projects like Regression and The Return of the Damned. The Unsound number one is the latest in a batch of really strong work from the writer. Yeah. It's a buy it. He's, let's just say it, hardest working guy in comics right now. Yeah. Jimmy's Bastards, number one from Aftershock. It's 32 pages for $3.99. Garth Ennis is back at it, injecting his wonderful brand of dark and deeply perverted British humor into the story of Jimmy Regent, UK's greatest super spy that never bothered to wear a condom and sired an army of bastards eager to get back at Dad. Oh, literally, Jimmy's Bastards. Yeah. The humor here is razor sharp and laugh-out-loud funny with wonderful art by Russell Braun, who also worked with Ennis on The Boys another tongue-in-cheek title that featured Ennis' ridiculous and often perverted take on superheroes. Jimmy's Bastards was a hilarious takedown of the hyper-serious 007 mythos, and I loved it. I laughed out loud while I read this. It was beautiful to look at, completely irreverent. I cannot give this a bigger buy. Too much fun. Speaking of too much fun, Iceman, number one from Marvel, 32 pages for $3.99. It was best, right? Uh, well... (laughs) One of the original X-Men finally graduates to his own ongoing series, courtesy of writer Cena Grace and artist Alessandro Vitti. Bobby Drake is trying to make sense of his ridiculous life, dealing with the presence of a time-lost version of his younger self and the subsequent revelation of his homosexuality. Whoops! He's, yeah, on accident. Yeah. You make it sound like he slipped on it like it was a banana peel. Right. Uh, <laughs> He's still juggling his responsibilities as a teacher at the Xavier School, new dating possibilities, and his troubled family life. I'm into all that stuff. I love Iceman. The, the problem, though, is Cena Grace's dialogue. 
The issue's plot is not bad. Bobby gets called away to the hospital to deal with a family emergency and gets caught up defending a young mutant from one of the purifiers. It serves as a nice setup for Iceman's status quo, setting the stage for future issues, but the dialogue is groan-inducing at times. Uh. It starts with the narrative device of Bobby filling out an online dating profile, and it gets worse from there. You can't see me, but I'm scrunching on my nose. Yeah. I, but I love this character. I love Iceman. Alessandro Vitti's art is strong, and I think Grace has a firm handle on the character plot-wise, so I'm giving Iceman number one a skim it. Hope it gets better. You know what? I love Iceman, too. My problem with this, this is not my Iceman. Literally, in the fact that this is young Iceman. No, this is adult Iceman. Oh, it is? Uh-huh, yeah. Oh, I was afraid this was young. Uh, no, this is about adult Iceman. Okay. Right. I didn't even know. Mm-hmm. That's why I passed on it, because I thought it was Kid Iceman. Nope, nope. Uh, Kid Iceman is in it for five seconds at the beginning. I really like Bobby Drake. Yeah. yeah. Kill the Minotaur, number one from Image, 40 pages for $3.99. I'm calling it right now. This is the best comic book I read all week. Writers, wow. writers Chris Presetto and Christian Cantamesa adapt the Greek myth of Theseus and the Minotaur to comics along with help from truly amazing artist Lucas Kettner. I cannot say enough about Kettner's talent in bringing ancient Greece to life. Every panel was perfectly framed and understated. Mythological adaptations like this don't always translate to comics well. They can get really boring and bogged down in dialogue, but the writing team made the dialogue feel timeless and relatable without being too updated. While it also made me care about ancient Greek superheroes, and these were our first superheroes, really. Kill the Minotaur number one was the best new comic I've read in a while, and I am firmly on board for more of it. I'm giving this the biggest buy I possibly can. Wow. Normandy Gold, number one from Titan. It's 32 pages for $3.99. Normandy Gold is a tough-as-nails woman born on the mean streets of New York. Just like me. Turned small-town Oregon sheriff. Also like me. Willing to do anything to uncover the conspiracy behind her sister's murder. Sort of. <laughs> this story feels right at home in the sultry policewoman genre of 70s exploitation cinema. Brought to life on the comics page by writers Megan Abbott and Allison Galen, artist Steve Scott, and colorist Laverne Kinzierski. Woo! Yeah. It's mean, and it's trashy, and it's sexy, and it's raw. Sometimes it's upsettingly violent. Just like me. And it's refreshing to see this kind of tale written from a female perspective. It's still lurid, like the genre it homages, but Normandy is in full control of this narrative. The men in the story serve to advance Normandy's art, not the other way around. Steve Scott delivers some fantastic art, reminiscent of the legendary Steve Epting at times, and Kinzierski's color palette transports the reader to a dark, grimy theater in the 70s. Just don't touch the bottom of the seats or look at the floor. Keep your hands in your pocket. (laughs) I understand that this kind of story isn't going to resonate with every reader, but I love hard case crime. I love 70s exploitation films. Normandy Gold was right up my alley. Buy it. Right on. Transformer Salvation, number one from IDW, 48 pages. I know. For $7.99. I know. I don't know what they're doing over there, mm. but they really think this shit is gold. Writer John Barber brings his three-part Dinobot epic that began in Transformers Punishment and Moved Redemption to an end here. The Dinobots have been defending a spark field, that's where baby Transformers come from, from the Transformers version of Godzilla, Trypticon. Ah, Trypticon, If yes. you haven't been following along, do not try to jump in here. If you have, 
Barbara has spun a Greek tragedy featuring the fall of the Dinobots that reminded me of First Blood at times. They are this weapon created by the Autobots that they cannot control, more or less. Livio Raimondelli is just amazing when it comes to fleshing out the robot wasteland that Cybertron has become. The story is even complete with a gut punch for an ending. If you're a Transformers fan, do yourself a favor. Skip the next movie and buy some IDW Transformers comics. You will not believe what these creators have done with the world of Cybertron. I'm giving this a five. What is this bullshit about Optimus Prime being a bad guy, Michael Bay? Apparently he's been a bad guy for like three movies. Pay no attention. Pay no attention. The less we talk about it, the more likely it is to go away for it. Shaboom, shaboom, shaboom! That is your ludicrous speed round, and shaboom, shaboom, shaboom! Is the sound of Diamondback bashing Luke Cage's face into the floor. Shaboom, shaboom. As seen in this week's Defenders number one. This onomatopoeia of the week is brought to you by Matt Bomb. That's right. Because you guys are really falling down on the job. Well, I forgot to ask anyone to pick one, so that's my fault. Look, it's not their job to provide every piece of content no, for no, this no. show. No, no, no. I just thought it's fun for you, you know? Mm-hmm. If you'd like to submit an onomatopoeia of the week, find a cool sound effect from one of the current week's comics, send it to us at twitternerd at gmail.com or on Facebook or Twitter or wherever. You know where to find us. Sure. If you need more speedy reviews of this week's titles, head over to twoheadednerd.com and check out Aaron Myers and his ludicrous speed reviews. He likes to shaboom it over there, too. Yeah. For months now, I've been spending long nights in the teach in Sanctum Sanctorum, connecting the dots between one of the most insidious conspiracies this world has ever known. It starts with the Moloids, unearthing ancient forgotten Badoon technology, a cult of gluten-free yoga zealots mistakenly worshipping the petrified body of a Badoon soldier as a god, a chain of, quote, America's healthiest grocery stores opening in zip codes with predominantly white families that make more than $150,000 a year, and it leads directly to humanity's greatest traitor, the man that will sell us like cattle to the bloodthirsty thinking machines of tomorrow, Jeff Bezos himself. Enough. Damn it, Joe! I'm too close. And Amazon's purchase of Whole Foods only proves I'm on to them. Matt, you have been in here for three days. Now it is time to take a shower. At least open a damn window. Oh, I see. They got to you. They got to you, didn't they? You're one of them now, aren't you? <laughs> Nobody. I'm just here to talk about two of our must-read comics coming out next Wednesday, like oh. we do every week. Oh, okay. All right. That's right. Sorry. I got carried away. My pick for next week is Shirtless Bear Fighter, number one of five from Image. It's 32 pages for $3.99. By the way, there is a variant cover featuring Pantsless Bear Fighter 2. Hey-o! <laughs> like full-on swinging in the wind, full-frontal bear fighter. It's written by Jody the Hoop and Sebastian Gurner, with art by Nil Vendrel and Mike Spicer. 32 pages for $3.99. Sean Spicer's little brother, we yes. decided. Not many people know that. Uh, here's what throws me. This is issue one of five, and they're listing it as series premiere. After being betrayed by the bears that raised him, the legendary shirtless bear fighter wanders the forest he's sworn to protect. Fist fighting bears, eating flapjacks, and being the angriest man the world's ever known. When wild-eyed, super-strong bears attack the citizens of Major City, shirtless ventures <laughs> into the human world to do what he does best. Punch those bears in the face! 
But all is not as it seems. Someone is manipulating Shirtless, and only by confronting the demons of his past can Shirtless hope to save his future. A heart-filled, hilarious, tall tale for the ages you don't want to miss. Shirtless Bearfighter! So this is it. First name Shirtless. First name Shirtless. Last name hyphenated Bearfighter. Bearfighter. So this is what I, I think. Either his parents or Shirtless got married, and his last name is Fighter. Dad was Bear. And his wife's last name is Bear, yeah. and so he is Shirtless Bearfighter. Okay. I don't, I don't know if that's how it works. Oh, I don't know if usually it's the wife's last name that comes first in the hyphenate. We'll find out next week, you pig. I don't know. I, I, I mean, I, I could be in a bit. I don't know if there's a rule about it. I don't know. I have no idea. What's your pick for next week, oh, Okay. Whew. Man, thanks for getting me out of that yeah, tailspin. No problem. My pick for next week is Heartthrob Season 2, number one. So maybe that's why they mean season premiere, even though it's a miniseries. All right. Well, but maybe this it's is a Oni. series I don't of know. minis. I, I don't even understand how it works anymore. It's not that hard. I'm an idiot. Heartthrob season two, number one from Oni Press, written by Christopher Sabella with art by Robert Wilson the fourth. It's 32 pages for $3.99. Fun fact, the other three Robert Wilsons, not as talented. No. Shitheads, too. Here's your solicit. <laughs> there must be 50 ways to leave your lover, but none of them include robbing a Fleetwood Mac concert and escaping to Canada with a getaway driver and a group of anarchists. I'd rob Fleetwood Mac. Fuck that band. I'm saying, <laughs> hot take. I don't give a shit about Fleetwood Mac. Wow. Yeah, eat it. Man, <laughs> Put this episode is just full of harsh revelations. We're fired up. Putting Mercer and her life of crime in the rear view, Callie tries her damnedest to live a normal life, hide out from the FBI, and make sense of Canadian currency. As her friends continue pulling crimes and Callie dips her toe back into the dating waters, she'll find out that when you share your heart with someone... Breaking up is way harder to do. This is just Christopher Sabella through and through. Yeah. Um, what they don't really indicate in this solicit, for those of you that did not read Heartthrobs Season 1, is that Mercer is not her boyfriend. Mercer is her heart donor. Yes. Who kind of lives in her mind as like a ghost. Yeah. Not a ghost, but... No. And it's also... It's like a firestorm type situation. Right. Yeah. Um... And so, uh, but things end badly between them. And uh, yeah, it's just this weird, quirky idea where she gets a heart transplant and the guy is suddenly living inside of her head. Yeah, Sabella uh, just kicks ass. And he teaches her how to commit premises. crimes. Yeah, she becomes oh. a bank robber. Uh, I love Heartthrob. The art is great. The story is compelling. It's a 70s period piece. Obviously, yeah. if you didn't get all the references, uh, I'm excited that it's coming back for more. Check out Heartthrob Volume 1. Heartthrob Season 2 comes out next week. Very exciting. The THN Trade of the Week goes to Space Riders, Volume 1. It's a hardcover. It's from Black Mass Comics. It's written by Fabian Wrangle Jr. with art by Alexis Zerit. 114 pages for $24.99. I mean, it's a hardcover. It's not bad. Yeah. Here's your solicit. From the Galactic Core to the Outer Quadrants, one name strikes terror in the hearts of evil beings everywhere. The Space Riders! This collects the first four issue miniseries. That That's is a not very much of a solicit. succinct solicit. Yes. Now, what I will tell you is if you enjoy the bizarre storytelling of like a guy like Tom Scioli, you will love Space Rider. It's a giant skull space shaped oh uh, my God. skull shaped spaceship flying through space. It right? is super wacky, pulpy, 80s blacklight lunacy. I, it is just nuts, and I love it. I will say it did take longer than I would have liked for these four issues to come out, but drawing this has to be a chore. They. <laughs> Hack this shit full. It is so great. Check this series out. I absolutely loved it. I forgot how much I love Space Rider, so I'll probably pick this up to catch up. It was that good. 
Now that you know what we're excited to read next week, why don't you nerds head to the THN forums or our Facebook page. Tell us what you think we should be reading. I'm going to go take a shower and I'm going to try and get some sleep. But first, tell everyone what you've heard here. Knowledge is power and they can't make us all drink their kombucha. Enough! Yes? Ho, ho, ha, ha. Remember me, old chum? You jolly devil. Can you please collect yourself so we can open the phone lines to the nerds on the internet? It's 11 a.m. Saturday, Central Standard Time. You know what that means. It's time for Cover to Cover. Every week we do it. Soon we'll be broadcasting live on our Facebook page, but not until Matt figures out which dongle he needs to support the iPhone 7. It's trickier than you think. <laughs> for now, it's audio only, but that's okay. We got faces for radio. Open the phone lines! Joe's right. It's time for Cover to Cover, where we open the phone lines. You nerd, you can call us every week at 402-819-4894. That phone number is also on our website, or you can go to our Facebook and press the Call Now button. It is that easy, okay? So do it. Each week, it's pretty easy. We discuss everything we're talking about on the show. We discuss the news. We discuss anything you want to get into. We also discuss the question of the week. Joe Patrick, can you reset the question of the week for cover to cover? This question of the week came from me. In honor of the announcement of Rainbow Rowell's Runaways, which creative type, writer, artist, or whatever from outside of the comics industry would you like to see tackle a comics project and what would it be? Crazy. Let's get into it. We've got answers. We had, it's past 11. We've already got people beating down the phone door. That doesn't matter. The virtual phone door. The virtual phone door. <laughs> Welcome to THN. Cover to cover. You are our first caller. Who dis? Oh, yeah. It's uh, Bobby from Florida. Oh, the nitpicker. The nitpicker. <laughs> oh, this guy couldn't wait to call in and nitpick Wonder Woman. <laughs> I have been wanting to nitpick it for so long. Let's get into it, Bobby, right away. Let's go. Joe and I saw it. All We're right. going full spoilers here, folks. So if you don't want to hear, break your uh, listening device right now. Just throw it in the toilet. Well, first, I'll just say I listened to the Patreon uh, nerds at the movie, so that was great. Okay. Thank you. Thank you. So, thank you. Definitely recommend backing it. There you go. See, we did post uh, our review okay. up there. So first we'll say, well, Ares in the third act, he's what, Professor Lupin? Totally. From Harry Potter. Totally. So he, he's in the room. He disappears. He reappears outside it when she's trying to fight him at first. Right. So you're like, okay, maybe he's got like illusions or something. And then they flash back. And he looks just like a British guy with a mustache in Greek times in the mythology fighting Zeus, <laughs> which just kills it. Like, why would he have a mustache? Yeah. <laughs> hey, I, doesn't Zeus have a mustache? So, which, he's got a beard, he's right? He's got a mustache and beard. That's he's got the beard, right? Yeah, full beard. Yeah, big white beard. So my hope now is that the Greek pantheon in the DC universe is just a bunch of doopy looking British guys. <laughs> it's like, just a bunch of doughy guys. Just a bunch of Downton Abbey extras running around. <laughs> yeah. No, well, I agree. I Ares mean, looked dumb. I, I like that actor a lot, but when he became Ares, yeah. that is when you go get a professional wrestler, put him in a suit, and then yep. find a black metal singer to give you the scariest voice you've ever heard. You know what I mean? Throw anybody in there. Throw oh, Braun wow. Strowman in some armor, you know, and let him go, oh! And I'm like, yeah, okay, that's the god of war. <laughs> All right, yeah. I believe that. <laughs> not, not the doopy guy. No, from Harry Potter. No, I agree. Well, there's that. And so, I mean, this is what I like. I would have liked it if the original guy that she thought was Ares 
was Ares, and she kills him, and they were just like, yeah, you can't just kill a guy and all fighting stops. Like, that's not how the world works. Right. Mm, yeah. So in- instead, she kills Ares, and then the fighting stops. Yeah. The Native American guy <laughs> holds hands with the German guy. And I'm like, why? <laughs> Why are they friends now? Yeah, I, I will give you that. It's like the lesson she was supposed to learn is that the world is more complicated than this. And then the lesson she learns is, well, yeah, it is, but it's also not. <laughs> right. You know what I mean? But See, kill this guy, it's over. Yeah. No, I took it. I took it as it was just like a coincidence that the fighting stopped as soon as she killed Ares. Because like they like, they got they the show that Native American guy holding hands with the German soldier. I mean, they were like, "Hey, good sportsmanship." It's like slapping butts at the end of a baseball <laughs> yeah, game. Yeah, yeah. I mean, maybe they're physically like attracted to each other. I don't know. We just I mean, that whole town. <laughs> <laughs> like, yeah. They're not so bad. Yeah. yeah. Like, oh man, we were real dicks, weren't we? Jeez. Yeah, you know, hey, look, it's not a perfect movie. But no, no. <laughs> but, we, but, we, but you enjoyed it, right? Yeah. Yeah, it was worth our time. By, yeah, far, yeah. by far the best DC movie we've had yet. Uh, yeah. I mean, yeah. What, what would even come close? Yeah, no, you're right, you're right. I, I mean, mean I just, really? Well, I mean, unless you include, like, the Nolan, like, The Dark Knight. No, oh, I'm, yeah, I'm no, talking I, about the interconnected DCU. The, yeah, yeah, you yeah know? since I mean, the reboot. Yeah. Fire, so... so. Bobby, yeah. you're a hell of a nitpicker. That's why we keep you around, man. I mean, I think everybody has that nitpick once they showed the dookie flashback. With oh, the no, definitely. Like, are you kidding me? <laughs> <laughs> I, you know, I didn't... Why was he using lightning bolts against her? Was yeah. Zeus? I didn't get it. Yeah. Yeah, Ares is not really known for his beam shooting. I'm not really sure. <laughs> of course, neither is Wonder Woman, and she was shooting beams, too. So I thought she was just, yeah. like, redirecting his beams. No, I think she, like, full-on fired lasers Maybe out of her bracelet. it was the power of oh, love. Oh. Okay, okay, last thing. Yeah, the power of love. That's what did it. That's yeah. great. The Care Bear stare. The, I hate it. <laughs> yeah, it was the Care Bear stare. It's, uh, she just weaponized yeah. it. That's all. Yeah. <laughs> all right. Bobby, thank you for your call. It is always good to hear you tear down everybody's favorite stuff. I mean, everyone's going to be on the same page on that. I no, I totally, yes, we all are. We all agree. <laughs> Whatever. I love him and his doopy mustache. The, the third act was a series of special moves from Injustice 2. I mean, that's all it was. Yep, yep. <laughs> <You> all <right. laughs> Thanks, Bobby. We'll talk to you later, man. Yeah, you guys have a good one. You, you too. too. I love that guy. <laughs> He's so excited every week. <laughs> uh, yeah, you know, like. I don't think anyone is denying it. The the final uh, act of Wonder Woman is not. It's not great. Not but strong. Let's let's figure it out right now. Wonder Woman straight up shot lasers out of her bracelets. I think there was more to it than just the, that. Remember in the when they showed like the flashback where Zeus was like berserk and shot Ares and knocked him off the mountain and like it looked like that kind of laser that came out of her bracelets. Oh, well, she is the daughter of Zeus. And I get that. And they said, you know, and he made a special weapon. We thought it was a sword. It turns out to be Wonder Woman herself. And then she fires lasers out of her bracelets. Maybe she can berserk. That looked like the powers of Zeus. Now, Wonder Woman has never been able to fire shit out of her bracelet. <laughs> Block stuff, yes. Redirect stuff. But not like... Put them together and straight up Care Bear stare Man, later. Don't overthink it. I'm just you. Agree, I'm tell me if I'm wrong. Is what I'm well, saying. Like I think that if you if you are already admitting that the third act doesn't really contribute much to the movie, then you're not doing anybody any favors by dwelling on it. Yes, it's kind of dumb. I don't get it either. I don't know why they did it. But again, on the other hand, it is certainly no worse than. 
most other superhero. No, I finales. totally agree. I totally agree. I just threw it up on Twitter. I said, let's talk Wonder Woman. Did she shoot lasers out of her bracelet? Did she berserk? Hashtag. What? <laughs> Great call. Thank you, Bobby. Always good to hear it from you, man. Let's check our first voicemail. It comes from our buddy, Anthony, currently presiding in Brooklyn. He's working through some stuff. He's always working. Through yeah. Stuff. He's a complex man. No one understands him. But it's Hey, Joe, man. It's Anthony. I'm not trying to get on the show. It's, I think I'm trying to call you after you're done with the show. You guys are probably all done. Probably <laughs> screaming. Too bad. I'm like, fuck that guy. I don't talk to that fucking guy. I already listened to his stupid MP3. <laughs> I was trying to catch you to see if, like, I, I didn't want to wait for the episode. I want to see if I need to go see Wonder Woman. Do I have to? I hated the other three movies. Do I need to? But however, that being said, do I really need to go see Wonder Woman? I want to, but I also don't want to. I don't know why I'm still talking. You guys aren't even there. Okay. Never mind. I'll have to I'll wait for the show. Hear what you guys have to say about it. All right. Take it easy, guys. Bye. We got to get this guy some friends. Oh, man. Anthony. I know. <laughs> uh, yes. Like yes. You should go see Wonder Woman because yeah, it's should. awesome. Yeah. And if you go to our Patreon, we posted our Nerd at the Movies review, fully spoilerific, where we gush about it and gush about it and gush about it. And Casey sat in the other room and said, you sound like two men picking apart a movie starring a woman. That's all you sound like. I'm like, we liked it. You'll notice whenever I impersonate my wife's voice, I talk like this. <laughs> That's really rude. <laughs> Very rude. Well, you know. Yeah, like no, it's it's a good movie. It's a yeah. really, really, really yes. good movie. It's, it's not a great. Just, it's not just fun. the best DC movie we've seen yet. Oh, we got a call coming in. It's not ringing. I don't know why. Thank you for calling THN Cover to Cover. Caller, who this? Hey, Joe and Matt. This is uh, Kyle calling from San Diego. Kyle, and, what's uh, happening? Calling in. Not too much. How are you guys doing? We're uh, we're doing it. That's about all. I'll tell you that much. What do you yeah. want to talk about, buddy? Yeah. That was very vague. Uh, We're doing very well, Kyle. Thank you. <laughs> good. Well, you know, I'm I'm pretty good today. I'm at uh, Disneyland. I'm actually calling from Disneyland. But oh, I wanted damn. to call in to talk about the question of the week. Yeah, yeah. Hit us. So uh, people outside of comics that I think should get in comics that I would really like to read. Uh, I really think Lin-Manuel Miranda would be awesome. Oh, wow. <laughs> Wow. You have my attention. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. So That's what does he do? Is. Pitch us. What is what does he write? Well First well, of all, Matt, do you know who Lin Manuel Miranda yeah, is? It's the dude that made the Hamilton. Yes. Yeah, he so made that Jefferson yeah. musical or whatever. <laughs> yeah, right. Yeah. <laughs> so I think he would be really good because he's an amazing storyteller. Yes. And he could take something like the story of Hamilton that a lot of people could if anybody else were writing it, it would be dry. It could be very dry. It could be uh, something that's not very interesting to people. But he took that and he made it into something that was just really amazing, resonated with a lot of people. And because he's such a good storyteller, I really think anything that he would do and anything that he does would translate well. Let's uh, give him DC's did, Uncle Sam. Through- Let's give him Uncle Sam and the Freedom Fighters. So you want to just give him yeah. like a patriotic political <laughs> Yeah, comic. why not? And yeah, let him do something with it. Let him examine or like, like Ted, Teddy this... Roosevelt and the Rough Riders. Oh, wow. <laughs> <laughs> that would be awesome. That would be awesome. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, the bi- the biography, the audiobook of the biography that Hamilton is based on that inspired him to write this musical. He bought this book on his way out of town for vacation. Ron Chernow's Hamilton. 
Uh, it's 36 hours long. Oh, my God. The audiobook. And he was like, yes, yep. this is amazing. I'm going to write a rap musical about it. You know it. what this needs? More rap. Yeah. And it's, <laughs> yeah, I, I totally agree, Kyle. I'm into it. That's a good answer, Kyle. Yeah, yeah no, it, he, he just signed on to do uh, the King Killer Chronicles, which is written by Pat Rothfuss, which, and yes. they're making it. And it's really interesting because I think he's got a good vision. He's, he signed on to help with the movies. Uh, they're doing video games. And he even signed on to possibly make it into a musical. And so he's looking at this and seeing like everything that you could possibly do. Good Lord. And when he signs onto something, he, he really invests in it. He said, he's like a number one fan of this. And he said, he's the president of the don't fuck it up committee. And so (laughs) he's really embracing it. And that's why I think if he got into comics, it would be really good. Fair enough. I'm with you. 100%. I like the don't fuck it up committee. Favorite caller. Yeah. Um, right now, you're my favorite <laughs> caller, Kyle. Kyle, get back in line. Uh-huh. Well, yeah, all right. Splash Mountain's got to be just overrun by the time you get there. I'm going on the new Guardians of the Galaxy ride. Oh, you jerk. I've heard it's awesome. <laughs> it is fun. Oh, I'm so jealous. <laughs> so, all right. Have Thanks for calling, day, Kyle. Yeah, you yeah, too, buddy. Have fun. Keep your head and arms inside the vehicle at all times. All right, Kyle? Will do. All right. Talk to you later, buddy. Bye-bye. That would, uh, I mean, look. Yeah, I don't know how you turn a musical into a comic let's book. Let's get. You don't have to turn Hamilton into a comic book. He can write other things. He's a capable writer. Yeah. Uh, he doesn't always have to write Uncle Sam and the Freedom lyrics. Uh, yeah, I'm. I would definitely be in line at the comic shop to get that comic book. Yeah, the Human Bomb's got the backbeat. Good or bad, I'm. I'm. <laughs> yes, I would <laughs> definitely be interested in seeing him try it. <laughs> so yeah, but he is right. Like, uh. Lin-Manuel Miranda is a super fan of, of things. That's kind of what he's sort of known for in certain circles. Like he, he talked about the King Killer Chronicles and what a big fan is. I don't know what that is. is. It's a, it's a series of, uh, I think they're fantasy novels maybe okay. they're a little sci-fi ish, but yeah, by this guy, Patrick Rothfuss. And he's super invested in making this project a success. I don't even think that he's, like, he's not directing the movie. I'm not even sure what his role is, but he's like, yes, let me help you make this movie. Fair um, enough, I guess. You know. He's a huge, huge fan of this podcast that I listen to, which is very successful now, but at the time, they were, it's this weird thing that not many people had heard of. It's called My Brother, My Brother, and Me. Oh, yeah, uh, they yeah, made yeah. A, They made a show of, of, of it on CISO. Um, and he's such a huge fan of this silly podcast that he wrote, Mabim Bam references into Hamilton. Wrote what? M B M B Mabim Bam is my brother. Oh, got you. Uh, into Hamilton. That's it's what the, the kids call it on the street. Right, and it's the best <laughs> thing ever. And he's still, even now that he's this hugely famous person, he's still like doing things like getting celebrities to give shout outs to the hosts of this podcast, like The Rock is <laughs> saying. Uh, great job to Griffin, who's the one of the hosts of the show. How do we get him to listen to this damn show? I know, right? Lin Manuel Miranda, please call me. I'll be your best friend for life. <laughs> I don't know if he likes comic books. Yeah, probably not. But yeah, he love he when he loves a thing, he's all in, and I think that that's a great uh, fair enough, a good quality to have for somebody to write comic okay, books. Okay, then, all right. That you know, I didn't realize it, but our Jay Baruchel story is a perfect example. Exactly right of yeah. a person coming in. From outside of Using the comic book world. Using their celebrity to, yeah. yeah, enhance their fandom. I, I wouldn't necessarily have been like, Jay Baruchel, that's who I, that's my pick. <laughs> well, yeah. But, you know, there you go. I mean, whatever. 
People love what they love, man. Yeah. Uh, so the next voicemail is from Anthony. This is his actual answer. We're gonna stop giving him two. I, I just w- I just wanted to talk about Wonder Woman. But yeah, this is his actual answer to the question. All right. I think Anthony actually went and saw it. Let's see. So I'm rereading the Hawkeye miniseries from back in the day by Mark Grunwald. And if I've talked about this uh, particular scene already, forgive me. But there's this scene in there where Hawkeye, who's completely down and out, uh, is in what appears to be an abandoned subway station. He has made a makeshift target on the wall. And you can tell that he has been working for hours trying to hit the bullseye, and he can't do it. Uh, He is accosted by three 'er ne'er-do-wells. He's wailed upon for a little bit, but he snaps to, and very dramatically... Uh, in three panels, they're one right on top of the other. Thunk, 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 he hits all the bad guys, signifying to us that Hawkeye is back. And I thought to myself, wow, how cool would it have been if in addition to those three panels, thunk, 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 bad guy's down, there's a fourth panel where Hawkeye hits the bullseye, right? And, and I thought to myself, you know, in reference to this question, who would do that? And my answer is Steven Spielberg. Uh, Steven Spielberg is a master storyteller of a visual medium, and I think it would completely translate to comics. Now, in my scenario, Steven Spielberg is done making movies, but is not done telling stories, creates a comic book imprint called Amblin Comics, and he would be the editor-in-chief. Nice. Uh, so every story that would be published would pass by him. And I mean, like, it's comics are a collaborative effort, right? And he is a master collaborator. Uh, but also, like, if something didn't work, like in the art or something, he would say, hey, look, you know, artist, you need to, you need to redo this. And the artist would be like, man, fuck that. I don't want to do that. And he'd be like, I'm Steven Spielberg, and you're going to do it. <laughs> and the artist would be like, oh, okay, Mr. Spielberg, and do it. But ultimately, like, through Steven Spielberg's creative vision, I think there would be some amazing stories. Hey, that's a pun. <laughs> uh, All right, guys, take it ba-dum, easy. Ba-dum. Oh, God, crap. Jesus Christ, man. <laughs> I would read the hell out of Emblem Comics. So I think Steven Spielberg, Spielberg comes to comics. He's an asshole to work for, but because he's an asshole, we get good stories. He's not an asshole. He's a perfectionist. Okay, fair enough. He sounded like kind of a jerk there. I, don't know. <laughs> I mean, I've never met the guy. Well, look, Anthony doesn't know that that's how he would handle it. No, 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 no. I mean, maybe he's a total sweetheart. But, I would read the hell out of Amblin. Yeah, comics. I think that sounds great. I think that's a really cool answer. And that scene in that old Mark Runwald Hawkeye. It was so cool. You know, I've <laughs> never read that series. Are you serious? Yeah. Really? No. How did you miss that? You're an old school Avengers nerd. It's true, but at the time it was coming out, I was limited to what the quick shop on 48th and oh, Q I see. stocked on their spin Yeah. So it, was main, it was main book stuff, not a lot of minis. All right. Fair enough. That's fair. I should track it down and read it, though. Yeah, probably. I wonder if it's on Marvel. I doubt it. <laughs> Why do you doubt it? Because there isn't enough old stuff on there. There's lots of old stuff There's on there. There's lots of it, but not enough. That's all I'm saying. Go back to Google Voice, see who this is. Oh, I believe it's John from Jersey. We haven't heard from this dude for a while. Co- yeah, he, we did. He called last time. Did he? Yes. Johnny. Greetings, Matt and Joe. This is John from Jersey calling in with my answer to the question of the week. I think that Vince Gilligan, the guy from Breaking Bad and Better Call Saul, the fantastic creator and showrunner, needs to get on board with writing some comic books. Okay. But what I really want to see is him leading a uh, show running a Squadron Supreme miniseries on HBO. Yeah, that's what I want. I want 
squadron supreme, the squadron decides they can take over the world, that incremental corruption that he does so well, I want to see Hyperion go through that. I want to see what happens when he takes Nuke and we see the corruption of that psyche. It needs to happen. I would pay money for that to happen. Also, for the record, I noticed you guys started giving sort of unofficial roles. I mean, we've always had our master of coin and our grumpy pervert from Maine, and now we've got the Marvel Lake House. Here's my take. Here's my perspective when I call in. I am a lapsed comic reader. I don't purchase new issues other than Astro City. And I haven't for quite some time. And it's Marvel and DC's free free will and use of or ignoring, I suppose, continuity that broke me. So maybe that can be uh, helpful in future discussions so you understand where I'm coming from. For example, right now I'm currently rereading Fear Agent because that struck me. And I really don't have any desire to pick up anything that's out there. Um, the independent stuff, I want to wait till it's finished so I can make sure it's going to have a satisfying conclusion, or at least a conclusion, before I get on board. And the current Marvel and DC, DC stuff just doesn't – I just don't believe that any of it counts, if you know what I mean. Oh. Maybe that's silly, but that's where I'm at. All right, guys, looking forward to uh, hearing, you, hearing your answers on the show. Later. John from Jersey is allergic to continuity. No, he loves continuity, and no, he's I'm- mad that they're ignoring it. Oh, okay, but I think what he's also saying is because nothing ever ends, nothing counts. None of that is what he said. That's not what he said. That's, Were you even listening? He, yeah, that's what he was saying. He was saying because it keeps going on and on and on and on, he likes a conclusion to a story. No, he said with the indie stuff, he likes to wait for it to be finished so that he can so that it can find out if it was good or not before he jumps on board. Right. With the current stuff, he feels like none of the new stuff counts because Marvel and DC have just flushed their continuity down the toilet. Okay. The THN Grumpus, John from Jersey. He is a Grumpus. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, he's already got a nickname. He's John from Jersey. But right. uh, I totally appreciate where he's coming from. And I think his idea of a Squadron Supreme book by Vince Gilligan sounds amazing. Oh, my God. You mean show is what he was saying. He was saying an HBO show. Well, no. Oh, I guess that's true. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I guess I just assumed uh, the question was about outsiders from comics coming to write comics. But I would take a show. I would say sure. that counts, too. Yeah. Okay. yeah, yeah. Either way, either way. Oh man, he's so right though. The 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 Squadron Supreme. For those of you that don't know, uh, the Squadron Supreme starred. Uh, the Squadron Supreme is a group of characters from an alternate universe. It exists within the Marvel multiverse, and they are very plainly homages to the '60s Justice League, '60s '70s. Justice oh yeah, League. yeah, without a doubt. So Hyperion is your Superman figure. There's a, a character called Nighthawk, who is obviously Batman, uh, and it goes on from there, and. Marvel took those characters, these iconic ideas, right? And then kind of stood them on their heads uh, by having the Squadron Supreme conquer their own Earth. Like they decided, you know what? We've got this power, no more crime. Right. And they take over. And eventually they get to the point where they're like brainwashing criminals to remove that tendency from their their psyches. Yeah, they take it way too far. Right. And it's just this slow burn as the Squadron Supreme gets farther and farther away from what they should be to the point that, like, 
other members of the squadron have formed a resistance to fight against their friends. Yeah, it's a very Watchmen type story. It's so good. Yeah, it's so like good. The logical evolution of power and how power corrupts. Right, and man. So it the, was great. The main thrust of of the arc was in the Squadron Supreme twelve issue series by Mark Grunewald that came out in the eighties. Uh, it was Mark Grunewald getting a lot of yeah. love on this show. Uh, it was the it was the single story that Mark Grunewald was most famous or most proud of in his long career at Marvel. So much so that when he died, he asked that his ashes be mixed in with the ink for the first printing of the trade paperback. That's amazing. Uh, it's the Squadron Supreme trade paperback is the first thing I ever bought from Krypton Comics on my first visit to that shop before I got the job there. Wow. How about that for a little bit of history? It all comes back together. Anyway, what were we talking about? John, <laughs> John, the, uh, John the Grumpus from Jersey. Thank you, John. That's a great call. That was a great call. That's a good suggestion, too. Happy oh, this is someone wishing you a happy anniversary. Let's see who it is. Something about Chikara Pro. I was just thinking about Chikara Pro last night. Happy anniversary. Happy anniversary. Happy anniversary. Happy anniversary. Uh, yeah. Hey. Hope you guys are doing well on your hiatus. Um, I, I just wanted to talk about a comic outsiders real quick and throw in my two cents. Uh, pro wrestling is very good at dealing with storylines and how to make the most of a character. Uh, there's one pro wrestling company I like a whole lot called Chikara Pro Wrestling. E-H-I-K-A-R-A. I love them to death. Uh, the, the, the head writer and founder of Chikara, he appealed to be uh, the writer for the new Mask series and pitched a lot of art and storylines. Awesome. Uh, but that's somebody I would like to see involved in the comics world with some regularity. He can do a lot with a little. He can tell the big stories and the small stories. He even told stories involving time travel in pro wrestling. Yep. It's awesome. Fun guy, fun story. All right, fellas. Uh, look forward to uh, hearing the show again soon. Bye. By the way, that was a Black Scorpion the Three. Yeah, he did not introduce himself. Yes. Uh, thank you for the anniversary wishes. I appreciate so it. We had, a, we had a delightful vacation. Uh, Chikara Pro is very, very cool. You can find them on YouTube. They are like sort of a Midwestern, but I, a little further east, I guess, uh, wrestling circuit. And the guy that runs it is super comic book nerd. And he has brought this ridiculous comic book superhero storytelling to their professional wrestling. So, yeah, they are not afraid to tackle subjects like vampires, subjects like aliens, subjects like time travel. It is awesome. And it's all framed by professional wrestling. <laughs> Seems pretty rad. Oh, it's so cool. It's totally great. I'm really enjoying what they do on Lucha Underground, which is very similar. Robert Rodriguez's professional wrestling because he's sort of doing this like telenovela style professional wrestling and Chikara is right there with them. If you like what's going on on Lucha Underground, you would love Chikara. I hope somebody picks them up and gives them a shot because they really are cool. And yeah, let this guy tell comic book stories. He's already proven he can do it. Please let him. All right. Give him the WWE comic. Be better than what we're getting. <laughs> not that it's terrible. It's just not great. I'll say that. Thank you for your call, BS the three. Always good to hear from you, buddy. Uh, Live gets more than two minutes. Well, yeah, you know. no live. I don't mind that. That's fine. Joey Bankus, he hits us. Uh, okay, he says, not a drunken rant, but definitely a ramble <laughs> via MP3. Joe, casual comics guy, and I'm calling in just to 
say, hey, um, it's been a while, but you name checked me on a recent episode, so I feel like there's like a debt for me to call in. I've had one or two or you know maybe ten beers already, so forgive me if I ramble, <laughs> but I don't know how to squeeze two years worth of commentary into just like two minutes here. I've been meaning to call you ever since your new format started. There's like a thing that goes on here in Ohio Saturdays around noon. It's called Real Life. It sucks, but it's a thing, and it's kept me from calling in. That sounds But I want to tell you, I love the new format. It's been really good, and I've been trying to figure out, you know, kind of what's different. The live calls, you know, those are a nice addition. That, that's not really it. And, and I've been reflecting on it. There's one thing that really stands out to me between the old and the new shows, and you know what the main improvement is? The fucking swearing. <laughs> Holy shit. All the fucking swearing nowadays. I'm not sure what the hell is up with that, but it's freeing. It's like I just switched from tidy whities to boxers. There you go. Finally, like my boys can breathe. <laughs> I feel like I can say balls on your show without abandon constantly. To be now. fair, you could always have yeah. said balls I, on I the just show. I to ask, you know, now that we're here, what the hell has happened in Omaha since I've been gone? When I left, Daredevil was just starting on Netflix. That show was ball-numbingly awesome, and I felt like the three of us and, and all the listeners were all on the same page. And that was the last time, though, I feel like we all had good taste in shows. Now I'm a 13-hour drive away, and your taste has gone down the crapper. Or in the vernacular of the new show, it's gone to shit. <laughs> you know what led me to this conclusion? The constant bitching about Iron Fist. What? Iron Fist was a good show. Why? Let's not pretend it was the best show ever. But no. if we're honest, well, you know, what Marvel Netflix series has not been overlong and padded out? I work in like an 80s pop song scale. So let's benchmark against the catalog of Cindy Lauper here. Okay. If Jessica Jones was Girls Just Want to Have Fun, All right. Iron Fist was more she-bop no way. than All Through the Night. No in every possible measure, Luke Cage, a show I watched and enjoyed from beginning to end, was more tired and cliched and, yes, just plain boring than Iron Fist. No way. Disagree. We might remember, like, Colleen Wing from Iron Fist. Luke Cage was the goodies are good enough. don't pretend you remember Luke Cage, uh, anybody from that show, other than Misty Knight. This is a 70s kung fu action series. The characters of Joy, Ward, Harold, they're all more intriguing than... You know, Cottonmouth and the other snake face totally dude disagree. and <laughs> fake Oprah or whatever her name was. Fake Oprah. If you Black hate Iron Rock. Fist, you hate Riza and therefore the entire Wu-Tang Clan. That and doesn't you do make not any want that sense. Over your heads. <laughs> Guys, don't be strangers. We have so much to argue about, including this fucking ridiculously short time you give to recorded messages. <laughs> I need to get through about a dozen answers of the week. Best clone. Favorite future, underrated powers, those all have one answer, and it is Judge Dredd. Or am oh. I the only fucking old guy who remembers Alan Moore's work for 2080? He's right. Let's discuss. In the meantime, smell you later, jackholes. Keep up the fucking awesome work. <laughs> Damn, Bankus. Wow, he just really unloaded there. He is right. Judge Dredd is all of those things. Uh,. Well, underrated powers. I'm not sure how that qualifies, but well, you know, Judge Dredd doesn't have powers, right? Well, no, he's got a gun that can do just about anything. It's not power, Matt. Or does he? Doesn't he have some sort of psychic power? No, that's no, the no, sidekick. No. Yeah, that's what Judge one of the other judges. That's Judge Anderson. Yeah. Uh, yeah. No, fine. Judge Dredd, great. Uh, they're they're finally like talking about making that Dread TV, uh, that Netflix show, and Carl Urban is like, "Yep, I want to do it. Let's awesome. do it. Awesome. 
Yes, I am one hundred percent on board because totally the Dread down. movie was kick ass. It was totally great. Iron Fist was not. No, it wasn't good, Joe. Look, and you can't tell me that RZA. Let's back up for a second. I love the character of Iron Fist. I do too, and I love the Wu Tang Clan. Yes. And you know what? There was way more Wu Tang Clan and Luke Cage than there shook than yes. needed to be in the fucking Iron Fist and, show. <laughs> and Cottonmouth was a more compelling villain. Oh, any day of the week uh, was a more compelling villain than the Meacham family, and he died halfway through that yes. show. And Black Mariah became the most compelling victim uh, by the end. Well, and I do agree that. Uh, I said victim. I mean villain. Diamondback or... He kind of sucked. He was not good. I yeah. agree. The, the guy that they yeah. came in at the end, Luke Cage's childhood friend suddenly. Yeah. I didn't the need The poor man's Candyman. <laughs> right. They should have gotten <laughs> Candyman to they do They should have gotten Candyman. He'd have been great. I, although I think he's very old now. Tony Todd? Hell no, dude. He still looks good? I mean, he still looks exactly the same. Oh, shit. Yeah, he played Worf's brother on... Uh, did he play Worf's brother? He was a Klingon on Star Trek The Next Generation. Okay, Star Trek The Next Generation was like 20 years ago, I'm dude. saying he's still doing things. 25 years ago. He's still doing things. <laughs> right. Back when he was like 40. <laughs> he, he does a lot of like video game voiceover work. Yeah, I know he does like, voiceover work. He can do work. it. Yeah. Anyway, that's neither here nor there. Iron Fist was not good. It wasn't good. Uh, to be fair, I still haven't finished it. Because I, watched, I don't like, give a shit. I watched four more episodes while I was casually doing other stuff, like cleaning my aquarium or straightening up the rewiring the ziggurat or whatever. And just like realized after two episodes, I wasn't even listening. Like it yeah. was just noise in the background. There was nothing that made me even want to turn and look at my computer to go, oh, that sounds cool. It sucked. Somebody called it in. Sucked. Somebody called in. To talk about Iron Fist the week that we rapped about it on Cover to Cover. Yeah. Or Answer of the Week at the time. Yeah. And they said something that I totally agree with, and that is that, is that Iron Fist is a show that has no stakes because nothing is changed yeah. by the end of it. No, nothing. And the main character can't even make up his mind what he wants. Yeah. It's like, oh, man, I'm back, bros. Yeah, no, I don't want the company. I just want to say, whoa, why are you being such dicks? No, I want and the company. And then he suddenly wants the company. Oh, right. but now I realize I can't really run the company. And uh, I'm going to go be a dick to Colleen Wing's students in the meantime. <laughs> you know? I know Kung Fu, but only sometimes and only kind yeah, of. Yeah, and it's like, don't point a gun at me because you'd probably be able to shoot me because I kind of suck at what I do, except for when I don't suck at what I do. Like, dude. Yeah, <laughs> make make up your fucking mind. There are moments when that show is not terrible, right. and one of them, I think, um, the RZA had a hand in, and that's when he goes to the hand base. Yeah, and he fights the drunken master. Yeah, and like that's cool. That yeah, was cool. That was great. But you know, I was cool because the guy that was the drunken master looked rad doing what he was doing. Yeah, and the guy that plays Iron Fist is not a kung fu master and can't pull it off. They had to slow everything down and make him look like. Just boring. It looked like he was doing Tai Chi the whole time. And I love the RZA. And I loved the Man with the Iron Fists, even. And I loved the sequel to the Man with the Iron Fists. And it was not good. Okay? <laughs> this was even worse. Don't you dare tell me I don't love me some Wu-Tang Clan. Joe, we I love you. fired up, Bankus. Thank you for stirring things up. Fired up! We miss you. We love having you. Ugh. You're welcome for the swearing. He makes me so mad. I think it, uh... <laughs> I think it brings out a little something special in all of us. It really does. I've had too much coffee. I apologize, Joe. It's not you. It's your ill-informed opinion that's pissing me off. <laughs> oh, let's go to Joseph Del Ponte. He sounds like a South American billionaire, doesn't he? 
like a benevolent like coffee. Um, <laughs> I, I like I'm trying really hard not to automatically read it as Del Monte and think that he's the heir to a canned fruit empire. No, no, I don't think so. <laughs> I picture him like raising coffee and being benevolent, like landowner to the people, fair trade and all this. But secretly, yeah, there's dark shit going on. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Take it away, Mr. Del Ponte. Hey guys, Joe calling from Chicago again. Sounds just Loving like a new format and missed you guys this week. It reminded me of the great hiatus of 2016. And that's oh, sad. Never let's, forget. Let's not go back. But on there. to the answer of the week. Uh, right off the bat, I was thinking uh, Neil Stevenson. Um, and that's, well, that's a good answer. Um, I think I've thought of a better one. Uh, Christopher Moore. His characters are really like, meant for the comic book page. His books are easy read and they're always real funny. Um, heck, I'd even like to see like. Someone's just like a straight ad- adaptation of those books. Uh, if you haven't heard him, uh, check him out. You can start with like Practical Demon Keeping or uh, Lamb is a real great one. It's subtitled The Gospel According to Biff, Christ's Childhood Pal. So if you aren't <laughs> uptight about religious humor, it's uh, pretty great. Uh, one more thing before I go. Uh, who did that uh, Big News theme song? I miss it dearly. Thanks, guys. Oh, that was Clutch. That was Clutch and it's a song called Big News Part 2. From their self-titled record, Clutch. There you go, buddy. We're not allowed to use it anymore. Nope. Sorry. Clutch told us to fuck off and kicked us off the internet. That's not what happened. That's exactly <laughs> what happened. Uh, you know what? I actually, I've come around to the idea that nobody cared about our music, but it was the robot Alec Baldwin people that got us in trouble. I don't know. Because we so. were using it contrary to their terms of service. Yeah, it could be. Regardless. No turning back now. Leave it to the AIs to ruin yep. everything. I'll just be pillaging SoundCloud in the meantime. So It's fine. <laughs> it's, uh, oh, you know what? Sounds- SoundCloud peeps, shout out to you. Everyone I've contacted yeah, yeah. said, do you mind if I use something on our show? Has been like, fuck yeah, do whatever you want. Well, first they're like, you guys aren't Nazis, right? I'm like, nope. And they're like, cool, use whatever you want. So we just don't tell them about our white power. You need so. to start <laughs> providing me with a list of these people so that I can list them in the show notes. Oh yeah. Yeah. Cause well, we should be giving them. I heard them all. So they're in our SoundCloud stream. So it's all right there. Yeah. You know that I am not looking at SoundCloud, right? So all provide right. me like, write them down and give them to me. Yeah. Yeah. No, we seriously did have one dude. They're like, all in a You're not some weird alt right podcast or anything. Right? Like, yeah, we, yeah. As a matter of fact, we are. <laughs> yeah. Let's go. Everything, Pepe, Pepe. Yeah. Everything's going to be alt right. <laughs> it's called Everything's Gonna and that's, Everything's Gonna, gonna Be Alt Right. Everything's Gonna Be All Right. Oh, oh thank God. We, it's we a wasted caller. just enough time to get a oh. live caller. Hello, caller, and thank you for calling TH Uncover to Cover. Who dis? Hey, it's Anthony. Anthony? God damn it. <laughs> God, I love you. Don't get me wrong, but we've already played two of your damn calls. <laughs> oh, yeah, sorry. No, 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 it's no, fine. No, I no. think it's wonderful. This. <laughs> no, no, you're not supposed to call. The, I wish Joe a happy anniversary. No, uh, yeah. we didn't well, play that one. You what? called three times. Joe Patrick, like, Mr., like our president, likes to be congratulated and wants his <laughs> stuff played in front of everyone. No, we, we played the call where you were working through your feelings about seeing Wonder Woman. Because it was hilarious. So let's stop there. Did you see Wonder Woman? No, I didn't. What the uh, fuck is your problem? <laughs> <laughs> I did. I had a lot of work to do, man. Oh, please. A lot of work. Give Look, he's break, got little, he's got little kids, man. Yeah, there's little Anthony's he's you know? gonna feed. I so, get it. This isn't supposed to be on the show or nothing. I just was I I was I was expecting you to like see my number, go fuck this guy, and have me go to voicemail. Oh please. So I wanted to give you my hot take on something. Please. Let's go. Let's go. Okay. 
So, Matt, did you see Split? I did. I saw Split. Okay, so you, you know the whole thing. Okay. I know the whole thing. Haley Joel Osment is going to be in the sequel as the kid from The Sixth Sense. What? Is that that's real? That's my hot take. Uh, oh, no, this that's is my your prediction. Take. I'm okay. saying this is going oh, to happen. Oh, you're calling your shot. Oh, so the, the, sixth, same universe, the Sixth Sense And Haley is Joel all- Osment has the superhuman ability to talk to freaking dead people, mm-hmm. and that's how they're going to hunt down the Horde. Is he's going to talk to the Horde's victim. Super yeah. team. Uh, I will say Osment has not been real busy as of late, <laughs> as far as I know. True. I mean, I don't know if he's seen a downturn in his career, but uh, I mean, hey, I uh, like it. M- Mel, Mel Gibson can show up as the only person on Earth to have successfully fought off an alien invasion. <laughs> yeah. <Perfect. laughs> With baseball bat and With water. <laughs> it's the creepy little girl. The creepy little girl. Who like yeah. has an insane ability to know like what weakness everyone has? Oh, right. sure, she's yeah, like, yeah. sure. She's like the M Night Shyamalan Karnak. Yeah, is what she is. Totally. This is like when Dave, uh, occasional guest host Dave and I used to form our own super teams using real life human beings that have the closest thing to superpowers we can get to in reality, like the yeah. girl that can't feel pain. Right. Uh, and the boy whose muscles won't stop growing. <laughs> uh, like these are real people. And the guy that can hold his breath underwater for 10 minutes. Bat boy. Yeah. yeah, yeah bat boy. Uh, and yeah, this would be so like the world's and the rock shitty. Right. Yeah. yeah. I mean, come on. <laughs> He's like the professor X. He's bald. It's perfect. Uh, yeah. All right. Listen, I'm sorry. I call so much. No, 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 no. I'm not. This is, please, please understand. I'm not trying to get on the show. I know. Oh, oh, really? (laughs) (laughs) If I want to be on the show, that's MP3. Fair enough. Too bad. You're on the show. Hey, Hey, guys. Let me ask you this. Let me ask you this real quick while we're talking split, because I have this feeling, and maybe it's because I saw it after everybody saw it. I knew that something happened that was going to connect it to the, you know, M. Night Shyamalan verse or whatever. Yeah. Did you feel like that very end? And, and spoiler alert: Bruce Willis is sitting in a diner, and two girls are like watching a report on TV about this thing that happened with the guy kidnapping the women, and they're like, "That totally reminds me of that guy a while ago with the brittle bones." <laughs> what was his name? And then Bruce Willis turns and goes, "His name was Mister Glass." Okay. Did right. that feel totally tacked on and kind of stupid? Um, because what oh, about the split story would make <laughs> two women go, oh, you know what that reminds me of? <laughs> right, Mr. Glass. Yeah, like, what the fuck? Uh, like that blimp fire in Berlin, you know? Like, <laughs> what? <laughs> you know? <laughs> yeah, uh, I loved the scene, but I totally agree that right? one event does not really have anything to no, do with the other. No, there was nothing that would lead you to, Don't like... Don't you remember 20 years ago where that right. guy with no bones yeah, not totally... Well, that the girl that was saying think it? of the delivery system it was these two young girls so yes girls like that so, reminds me of like 15 years ago yeah, when right. i was four that's that's <laughs> and, where i was going next right? like this girl is maybe 25 maybe. i would say oldest maybe 28 right that would still <laughs> put her at like nine years old uh, when mr glass right. did so his thing i'm not i and don't did remember that make the news was that a whole thing what did he do other than torment bruce willis did he Nothing. have like a crazy plan where he threatened a bunch of people not that i know of well, no, no 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 he was the he caused the uh train oh yeah he caused rain. all those that's accidents right, that's right. right. He did cause those accidents. and a bunch of other things because he was trying to create a superhero okay, right? Yes, yeah, but you're right. did that get exposed 
Did, like was the, um, well, probably outside of Bruce Willis figuring he, out, did that get exposed? Like, did the media pick well, up on it? We don't see it getting exposed, but he has all the information in like newspaper clippings that he's assembled in his little office. Okay. Yes. Yes. So I, I'm sure that's why they put him away for 15 years. Oh, okay. So then, yeah, you, have okay. To, you have to assume that it went to trial and it would have been this sensational right. media oh, circus. Suppose. Yeah. We just didn't see but, that okay. part of it. Right. Right. Though that did feel totally tacked on at the end. Um, I think Joe and I said this when I had called a while back. Oh yeah. That, that like the movie was, eh, Okay. But then when that happened, even though it's ham-fisted and tacked on, it made me go, ooh, oh. Right. You know? Yeah, it did like, the same for me. I, I, it got me. It's like, And I liked the movie. I thought it was good. It's like Bruce Willis stepped out of the shadows and said, welcome to the Avengers Initiative. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah it, it took a movie that I thought was okay, but whatever, to yeah. like, awesome. Yeah. I love it. <laughs> Very much so. No, I, I enjoyed it. I had fun with it. Anthony? We will have you on the show anytime you want to call, as many times as you'd like. It's to just call. really when you when you listen back to this episode, you will understand where we were at when we got to this point. Right? Oh, geez. And, uh, yeah, that's not what I. Yeah, no, I'm not. That's not. No, no, no. It's that, fine. Yeah. You're not. It's fine. Please call. It's your spotlight, Anthony. We're just happy to share it with you. <laughs> oh, Jesus, you know? God. Okay. All right. Anyway, thanks for talking. It's, it's good to talk to you guys. You too, buddy. Take it right. easy. Love See you, later. buddy. Talk Bye. to you soon. <laughs> See, this is stuff we could never do in the other show. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, <laughs> uh, So I don't want to forget, though, we never really addressed uh, Joe from Chicago's call. Okay. Uh, he talked about an author named Christopher Moore, yes. who I was not familiar with. Yes. But I looked him up on Google. His books look totally fun. Uh, so I might actually check him out. I like that it's Jesus like Christ had a boyhood friend. Tongue-in-cheek <laughs> fantasy supernatural books. Yeah. I'm into that. Right now, I am obsessed with the Discworld series, which I had never read. What is that? I know. I've Discworld is a series of novels written by uh, an author named Terry Pratchett. Oh, who sadly okay. uh, passed away from right. cancer a few years ago. Right. Um, the, the series is like 44 novels deep and it's thick with continuity. Like uh, there are about seven or eight main threads that it, that the books follow. Like, um, the the city watch that exists in this fantasy world, uh, the personification of death, um, wizards and witches, and you can just read them. I, I I've been trying to read the the threads in order, uh, and I am loving it. It's so good, and it's this kind of tongue in cheek, comedic take on fantasy tropes. And Christopher Moore's work looked a little bit like that, uh, so I'm heavy into it. Fair enough. I wish Terry Pratchett was alive. I'd love him to write comic books. Yeah. Terry Pratchett also uh, co-wrote uh, Good Omens, that book with Neil Gaiman. Oh, yeah, that's right. That's yeah. right. So thank you, Anthony. Thank you, Joe. We got one more voicemail. We got one more voicemail. And it came in, oh, MP3, rather. Okay. At 1040 this morning. Oh, wow. <laughs> we were already recording the main show. Oh, it's from the Orca. It's from the Orca, who I believe... Did he call in last time? Yeah. All right. Yeah, he did. All right. Olivier de Sagazan. Look it up. D-E space S-A-G-A-Z-A-N. Kiss, kiss. Okay. All right. Um. So Orca sent in a photo follow-up. Okay. Of what I assume must be an artist's oh, work. Hi. And it is something. Mm, 
It's like a dead guy with wires it's coming out. It's like of a him. nightmare come to life. Whew. So if the orca is suggesting that this artist should work in comics, well, he would make a great horror artist. Let's Google this, dude. Olivier de Sagazan is a French artist, painter, sculptor, and performer. His work typically centers around the artist building layers of clean paint onto his own face and body. Whoa. Oh, weird. There's some videos of him like putting he's goop like all over his body. He's like a performance artist. Creepy. Oh, Jesus H. Christ. Do the image search because it's fucked up. I'm watching his transfiguration video on YouTube right now. No! Turn it off. I'm scared. It is nine minutes long. Oh, yeah. He's a crazy person. Without a doubt. He's taking his clothes off. His shirt is off. He's a skinny dude. There go the pants. Oh, this is why the orca likes it. Uh, this is some Bioshock nightmare Oh, he's stuff. like he's like rubbing clay. Yeah, he like rubs clay and stuff all over his body. This guy is a real life Xander Cohen from Bioshock. Oh wow! I'm taking off my headphones. He also goes ape shit while he does it. Apparently. Okay, I need to watch more of this. I'm going to get high while I do it first. Uh, I, I never <laughs> want to think about this person ever again. And I will read whatever comics this guy writes. Wow. I think I just found a new artist that I love. <laughs> <sighs> the orca. This looks creepy as hell, man. <laughs> oh, we got an incoming call. Thank you for calling THN cover to cover. Caller, who this? It's D. D, how you doing, brother? Good morning, D. Morning, guys. Not too bad. Nice. What do you want to rap about? Uh, I got no answer for that question of the week. I have, I have no idea. It's kind of a tough one, right? Because there are so many people that have already crossed over. That's kind of my thought, too. So I got, I got nothing for that. But what I do want to talk to you about, I posted this on your Twitter page. Okay. Uh, since we're in this neo-golden, political, whatever the hell, nostalgic age of comic books, whatever the hell we're calling it, um, 10 years from now, when okay. we look back and look and see how the... Scarlet Spider-Man, Ben Riley showing back up again. When we look back and see that uh, Secret Empire and look at what the hell that's, that was 10 years from now. You look back at the Rebirth, the Button, the Lazarus Contract, all the stuff that's going on in Image, IDW, all these crossovers with DC. How do you think that's going to turn out as opposed to like the 90s era? Historically, like early, you're saying. How do we look at it historically? Yeah. Okay, exactly. I like it. And I saw you post this. Here's what I think. And it's not just because, like, Joe and I have been very, you know, cheer, we've been cheerleaders for the DC re, like rebirth or whatever you want to call it. As, as have I. And I have been critical about bringing the Watchmen in, but we haven't seen how they're going to do it yet. So we don't really know. I will say, I feel like DC is in a, is in a very good place to, pull, to stick the landing on this one and pull it off. And 10 years from now, it could be a classic just because they had the balls to do it, if they do it well. Secret Empire, I'm not hating on it as much as other people are hating on it, but I also don't think it's anything that anyone's going to give crap about in 10 years. Now, that also could be the product of Marvel's constant event after event after event. There's been so many that you like. I have trouble remembering what even happened. I have to... I have to close D's tweet more. because it's, it's animated and it's like giving me an epilepsy. <laughs> <laughs> I, I, I went to your forum post and it was animating on my phone in the corner of my eye. I thought I was going to have a seizure. <laughs> uh, I think if one is going to have huge ramifications that people actually talk about, it is going to be this DC event because 
they are fundamentally yeah. changing the universe and bringing in, you know, like the Watchmen as bad guys and whatnot. And I don't think it's going to be the same afterwards. Well, here's my thought on it. Um, I think that this era, if we're talking about the era in general and not just like what DC did versus what Marvel did. Right. I think this is going to be looked back on as an era where these big companies kind of lost their nerve and backtracked because love or hate anything that DC or Marvel has been doing up to this point, both companies have basically said, you know what? Let's go back to the way things used to be. Yeah. Let's bring back the things that Joe Patrick used to love. Yeah. Which as Joe, as Joe Patrick, I'm, I'm all about it. But as a comic book, um, as a critic or as somebody that looks more objectively at these things, it's like, it's not really a great look. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Um, it, it's sort of like they stopped. They tried to stop preaching to the choir for fear that they weren't going to grow their market and were not taking on new readers. And they got so scared that they went, okay, what do people like? Okay, they like this and that and this and that. Let's throw it all in there and go, here's a new product that looks sort of like the old one, but it's geared to everybody. And people went, Yeah, it wasn't even that nobody oh, liked it. It was just that. like, it was <laughs> mediocre enough that like you couldn't like it or be offended by it. It was just like, blah. Uh, and now we're rolling it back. I think it's, <laughs> you know? it's going to be interesting to see what this Marvel legacy event ends up being. Uh, because... As angry as I am at Marvel, I'm interested to see how that's right. going to turn out all. Yeah. Um, they've, already made it, they've already made it clear that it involves time travel and that it spins out of Secret Empire. Right. Yeah. Um, which, I mean, if I, if I were Marvel, I wouldn't be tying things to Secret Empire right now because people <laughs> just aren't into it. Well, it's still selling very well, though. No, I get it. I get it. It's just like you, you've had a colossal PR disaster. Right. With Secret Empire, maybe don't tie your next great hope to it. Well, but here's what you do. And, and like, and forget Secret Empire, but you have two very important plot devices. You have a cosmic cube and you have time travel, both of which can be used to wipe away whatever the fuck you right. want. And, and that's um, what they're going to do. It's like, you know what I mean? I it's, would not be surprised. We're going to shake the magic eraser until it goes away. And like, oh, look what's left, you know? I would not be surprised if, like, Marvel has always kind of prided themselves on saying, we've never rebooted. We've, you know, they've relaunched their, num they've relaunched with new number ones. <laughs> sure. But they've never rebooted their continuity. Everything that Marvel has ever done has counted. Um, they never had a crisis, you know, level, right. level slate wiping. It's just secret wars. Yeah. Yeah. And I would not be surprised if this event is Marvel's first more or less reboot. Maybe. Um, <laughs> I feel like it's that way too. Could be. Unless it's going to be an alternate universe. Unless they get rid of like, Oh God, D, don't even together. say stuff like that out loud. <laughs> <Good Lord. laughs> the six month thing is going to go away. There's going to be something brand new. Somebody man. could be listening uh, to this, D. I don't want this to happen. What's <laughs> happening, dude? I'm sorry. But every time, every time I think that Marvel's trying to get away from these convoluted things that have got them to this point, they do stuff like, uh, you know who also survived the collapse of the Ultimate Universe? Right. Wolverine's, Wolverine's son. Yeah. yeah, right. Blonde Wolverine. Yeah. Um, oh, and we not got, only that, but there's a bunch of them. There's a bunch of characters that popped up in X-Men Blue that were from the Ultimate Universe that survived. Who else? I, um, I stopped reading. Who else? Nobody, nobody major. Well, well yeah, Miles there's Miles. Miles. And Ultimate Thor. Yeah. Um, well, no, just the yeah. hammer. No, Ultimate Thor is going to show up. It, but no, not... There's going to be a new, there's going to be a new ultimate Thor. 
using the hammer. What? It's what a new character. It's say? a new character. What? Yeah. Um, God. It looks like Odin to me. He's got white hair. Right. Um. Anyway. In in X Men Blue, a bunch of these characters that were associated with the most recent version of the Ultimate X Men, okay, showed up. Um, that uh, that black kid with the big wings. Oh yeah yeah yeah. Um, the uh the Ultimate version of Armor, uh, with the crazy, uh, red like. What's wrong with the psychic? Red? The red. I don't know. Oh, the the Ultimate version of Quicksilver. So now there's two Quicksilvers. What? I don't know. Okay. Yeah. Uh, so Marvel's just like, yep. <laughs> We're just gonna bring this stuff back. Are in. they both still related to Magneto? Yeah, I don't know. <laughs> no way to I know. Don't know. So honestly, D, <laughs> I don't know what Marvel's doing, and I don't know what. I don't know if they're gonna be able to pull off whatever this idea is. They, it's clear that they want to try to please everybody, and I'm not sure you can. It's time to drain the swamp. What comic books? You know, oh my God, I can't believe you just said that. It's time to drain the Marvel swamp. It's time to make Marvel great again. <laughs> With comic books, you can't make everyone happy. Like that's that's the yeah. time. No, no, no. That's just it. And you and I think can. what we were saying is for a while there, they were trying to make everyone happy, and you in doing so, the two shows you that didn't make anybody happy. Right, you know, no, right. went, you end up shortchanging something right. or or everything. It's oh, like yeah. when you're super drunk and you're like, "I'm starving. I'm going to Taco Bell," and you think it's going to be great, and you eat it, and afterwards you sit there and you just yeah. feel kind of dark and alone. Yeah, you know, like I never yeah. feel that yeah. way. Nothing when was I that eat Taco offensive Bell. going into your mouth, but man, is it going to be a mess when it comes out? You know, exactly. like, oh, God. D, thank you for your call. Yeah. I'm not sure if we solved anything. No, I feel like we. <laughs> no, I feel like we, we just ruined it. it. Like we just stirred yeah, up the muddy water even more. You know. <laughs> I, regret, I regret asking you guys this question now. You guys messed me up. <laughs> Thanks for your call, Thank D. You Always guys. good to talk to you, buddy. <laughs> See you later, pal. Later. I love that whenever D gets off the phone with us, like he's just laughing. <laughs> yes. like, he can't. Like he just laugh uh, out loud. Yeah, you know it. It helps with the pain. Uh, I suppose. Yeah, I don't. This is what I appreciate about D. He loves to look at the big picture. Yeah. And and he does that big time for us, and he's always bringing it around. To well, like, he forces us to do it because we, right. we go weekly. What is this going to mean down the line? Right. What are we going to look... In 10 years, when we look back at 2017... Right. And we, and we have given it a, 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 a mineral name, like silver or gold or whatever, like we do, and... The vibranium age. Sure. What are we going to think about like we look back at the '90s now, and I would say that in the early 2000s, we looked back at the '90s and went, "God, that was awful." Yeah, it was. It was easy to step out of the '90s and immediately look back and say that was the worst thing that's ever happened. But now I look back at the '90s and I look at the early '90s as kind of an outlier, and the mid to late '90s as this renaissance. Kind of, yeah. The mid to late '90s is what brought us stuff like starman and thunderbolts and george perez and kurt Busiek's avengers right well, alan moore's wildcats and i mean right. like really and amazing so stuff. it's easy to look at the first three or four years of the 1990s and their excesses and the pouches and the guns and, right and be like oh well it's like looking at the 90s and going well there was no good music because that's when limp biscuit was playing right right you know and it's and like I looking agree. it's like looking at the 70s and saying how bad it is just because of the fashion yeah or disco right. you know or whatever um, although i love disco i do too <laughs> and i love 70s fashion uh, not me but i mean just from a yeah you're wearing bell bottoms right now yeah. yeah but see i'm i'm thinking now though it's been so long especially with marvel though dc is not without fault that Marvel has just chased one bad idea after another. 
It started to look like it. Yeah, I and I feel like we defended them for a long time because there were because there were bright spots. Yes, there were bright points of light right. that we could follow and be like, where oh, it was like, but Jason Aaron's doing something really cool. Or Rip yeah. Remender's hey, look, doing something really Secret cool. Secret Invasion. Matt I Fraction actually really like on this. You know, and right, like Civil War was whatever. People bought it. It sold really well. People liked it. Yeah. I don't like the ending of Civil War. It led to a very very long period of time where heroes distrusted each other and right. were treated as outlaws which I didn't really care for. It's still it took, going on. It took a Well, they came back from it, and then they went back to it. Well, they came back from it, and then they went back to warring tribes of heroes. Right. You know, right. And, which just like, I'm so tired of it. But then there were things like- I'm so secret, tired of there it. Were, there was secret invasion and the secret conspiracy about yeah. hidden sleeper agents that were scrolls, and I was like, oh man, that's really good. And that they was did, totally great. They did a great job building to that, and then they just, they, they, they have a, 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 a good- Bright flash, and then it's right back to the dark nonsense. Yeah. And I think that's, and now they're to a point, both companies, DC did it too, and both companies are like, well, I guess it's back to what everybody loved. Modern takes on classic stuff. Right. Old continuity, old characters. Right. And with, a, creator, with a modern spin. Creator-driven stories. Yeah. You know. And for somebody like me and somebody like you, that might be great. But for somebody that's a new reader that wants something fresh, that doesn't have years of investment. Right. Are they going to care? Do they care that Wally West is back? Do they care about the Justice Society? You know what? And I'm going, like, neither of us work in a comic book store anymore. Right. We, we still visit and have friends that do, but we don't get that day-to-day discussion. I am an out-and-proud nerd, so people come to me with nerd questions. And I will say yeah. that, as of late, people have been approaching me saying, I want to read Spider-Man again. I read Spider-Man when I was young. I'm kind of excited for this new movie. I want to read it again. So I think it is working to an extent. But we got a call coming in. Let's take this. Enough about this. Hello, caller, and thank you for calling THN Cover to Cover. Who this? Hey, it's Joe from the 614. Joe <laughs> from the 614. <laughs> Casual comics guy here out in here in Ohio. What's How cool? you guys all doing in Omaha? Bankus, we just played your call. Yeah, we were just bitching Did about you? you. We just got, oh, man, you got our blood up. <laughs> Holy smoke. <laughs> What, what timing? I had a few beverages in call. I don't even remember what I said. I was probably bitching about Iron Man or Iron uh, Fist. Or you were like mad at us for not liking Iron Fist. Yes. But praising yes, us for exactly. uh, releasing the swear filter. You called us idiots. You said I was a dwarf with a gas problem. And man, you just oh. drug us through the mud. That doesn't <laughs> sound like me. <laughs> that, sounds like, that sounds like enhanced me, maybe. Then you slapped us and we couldn't stop crying. <laughs> what do you want to talk about, well, Joey? <laughs> I'm loving the new show. Thank you so much, guys. You're doing a great job. Awesome. Thank I don't, you. I don't, I don't know what I ranted about on that MP3, but I wanted to have some good news. or something I'm super excited for comics worldwide. Hit me. The teaser trailer for Preacher. Oh, yeah? AMC, June 28th. If you haven't seen the teaser trailer, it looks awesome. I don't know if you guys watched the first season. This is the return. It was, yes. I fell off. I, um, I'll tell you what happened. I watched the first several episodes and okay. then my DVR broke Oh, <laughs> and I have yeah. not gone back to figure out which episode I left off on. I fell off and it wasn't because I didn't like the show. It wasn't like that at all because I thought it was really creative and I liked what they were doing, but do you feel like they were capturing the spirit of the book or I felt just taking like a no. wacky, the wacky idea of the book and running with that? I feel like they had tone problems that they ironed out okay. near the end of that first season. All right. And I, part of the problem to me was it took them so long 
that the last episode of the last season is where they're going to finally get on the road, which yes. was what was interesting to me about the comic is let's get on the road. Yes. Yeah. Please get out of Anvil. Well, and not to mention the fact that like one thing the comic did really well was balance very dark humor with very serious high stakes. Right. And the yeah. show to me was just a little too wacky. You know what I mean? It's like they're almost going for like, the prophecy See, meets cannonball run. I don't remember you know? it being wacky enough. Really? Well, it, if you when you get later in the series, there's there's there is it's there's this awesome standoff at the church and it's super tense, and then Jesse shoots a guy's dick off. Yeah, and the guy's carrying his dick around. That's, that's but that's, that's the comic. That's well, yes, yeah, that would have no. happened in the comic. I'm not saying it wouldn't have happened in the comic, but what I'm saying is there was a lot more weight to the comic, in my opinion. And mm. yes, there were funny, wacky things that happened. But this feels more like Garth Ennis's The Boys than it does Garth Ennis's Preacher. You know what I mean? It's true. And I, I wonder if it's because they're scared to go with the whole angels and demons thing for TV. But you have to go there, right? Well, the angels showed up, though, right? The angels were in it. Oh, we uh, kind of. <laughs> <laughs> I, I, think, I think by the end of the first season, they had it lined up that there's the angels and there's the, the I forget the dude's name, the cowboy. That, uh, the Saint of Killers. Right. Yeah, and 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 they're getting in the car and they're heading on the road and maybe we'll get there. But the whole voice at first being like some weird alien extraterrestrial thing, and not the voice of God being like, like like the serious religious overtones that right. make it that that gravity. But I think they're I think from what I understand and what it looks like, they're going there now. And so I think they heard the criticism, and decided you know what if we're going to do this we just have to fucking own it. And if they do, great. I'm on board because I like the actors. I like the way the show is filmed. I just feel like, like you said, I feel like there's serious tone issues. And it- I need to get caught up because I was, even though I was cognizant of the differences between the show and the comic, which I knew would be there. Sure. Um, I still enjoyed what I watched of it. Yeah. Uh, I, I just, my DVR exploded. So uh, I just need to take the time to figure out where I left off and finish that first season and get back into it. Yeah, definitely. Because maybe I, maybe it helped that I binge watched those the, the, the last five or six episodes, and I felt like they were making forward progress instead of giving up on it after a week. Right. You I know what? I'm going to do that. Was it easy? I think I'm going to do that. Week to week, it may suffer a little until it found its stride. You convinced me. I'm going to binge watch the end of it so I can get ready for it to come back. Because I, I was, I there were a lot of people that were seriously down on it. I wasn't totally upset, but like I said, it just didn't feel right. That was my All only right, problem. Well, well, it comes back June 28th. They got in the teaser trailer some weird dude dressed as a Dalmatian with a collar on. I'm interested to see what that is. Oh, yeah. <laughs> and I'll give you guys I'll give you guys a call back after the season starts, and, and hopefully we can chat about how it's going. Sounds good, Joey. I appreciate it. All right. We'll make an effort. Yeah, well, thank you guys again so much. I'm loving the show, and you guys are doing awesome work, and I'm looking forward to talking to you again. Oh, shit. Well, thank you, Joe. Appreciate you. <laughs> we'll talk to you soon, buddy. See, it's the Jekyll and Hyde thing. It's the Jekyll and Hyde thing. <laughs> He just hasn't had his serum. First he slaps us, then he tells us it's because I love you, baby. You know, you just make me so damn mad. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, we'll talk to you later, Joe. (laughs) See ya. Bye. I forgot Preacher was coming back. I I just saw that recently. Um, Yeah, until I started seeing ads on Facebook for it, which, by the way, the ads that they're showing on Facebook are fucking awful. Oh, really? Um, Yeah. What do you mean? They're not clips. It's just like... um, it's just like animated text and photos, like 
but with like terribly off tone, um, like close up of Jesse Custer's face on a hot pink background and then yellow text that says something to the effect of fierce AF. God. And I saw that. I don't know if it says fierce or, but it definitely says AF. And I'm like, Fuck you. Yeah. You do not know. This is not Preacher. Yeah. Garth Ennis would drive to whoever, whatever marketing professional built that ad and punch them in the dick. Yeah, <laughs> that is dumb. Yeah, and so I, when I saw those ads, until I saw those ads, I thought, I thought the show was still in limbo. I didn't know it got renewed. All right. Um, I'm happy to hear that the actual show uh, is not adopting that kind of uh, <laughs> direction, but those talk to your marketing people, AMC. Because those Facebook ads are dreadful. Jeez, that sounds stupid. Yeah, it's like really tapping into the cultural zeitgeist there. Ugh. I bet the young kids that use AF in their general vernacular really love Preacher. Yeah, that stands for As at fuck. front, right? Yeah, right. Yeah, at front. <laughs> That's what I thought. <laughs> <laughs> a lot of good. Oh, I was just gonna say a lot of good calls today, but someone's calling in. Probably a bad one. This could be a bad call. We've had a bunch of good calls. This could be the bad one. Thank you for calling THN cover to cover. Who dis? Don't be the bad call. <laughs> you know who I am. You saw my name on the message. Oh, <laughs> Ooh, you set me up for that. You thought I'm a bitch. Well, you know, I mean, we never know. Hey, you know, it's like, this could be the one that ruins a fucking show. Here we go. <laughs> You're calling back. I What'd think, you forget? I, I figured since so many other guys called back for a double time around, you guys, you know, may want to like shave off 10 more minutes off your show. Fair enough. I want to call back and have a little conversation with you guys about the Wonder Woman movie. Okay. Oh, yeah. Okay, let's talk Wonder Woman. And I'm not sure if you guys saw like the post I made before, but I did not like this movie at all. You didn't like it? I I did not. I I understand what it represents. I understand like how little girls and a lot of women out there love this movie. And I, for one, agree with that sentiment. It was history. I actually like made a little promise myself. I've seen more movies, the comic book movies and theaters, but I had to see this again because it's history and I was sorely let down. Man. Okay. So give me the bullet points, main problems. <sighs> it was, it was essentially Thor, but we're wonder woman. Uh, <laughs> I, I mean, I, yeah, I that's fair. It. That's fair. But I mean, like, yeah, I hate to say it. It like, it was like Thor leaving the gar, uh, wonder woman leaving to mascara. Uh, she had her powers. But she was just trying to prove herself into the world, but not prove herself at the same time. I don't like how trusting she was towards everyone when she got to London. Uh, her naivete was just, it was too much. It was too much. I know what I like. It was too much. And like, she, she showed off her genius quite a few times when she was talking to Trevor, but she still had that naivete about her. And just, I couldn't, I couldn't get past it. Okay. Yeah. So okay. So, right, she's, uh, she made it clear that she was very highly educated right. uh, oh, yeah. on the trip to Man's World, but when she got to Man's World, she, rocked, she walked around like a little kid. Exactly. Okay. Uh, so I totally, I understand what you're saying there. Uh, it did not, it did not, um, it did not bother me, but I understand where you're coming from. No, I can see that. And I heard that same criticism from other people. Yeah. Definitely. And there uh, were parts and where, yeah. It, it works in the Thor movie because Thor is an idiot. Right. He's exactly. not like this super smart guy. Exactly. He is a drunk fool. He's a big, beautiful moron. And he shows yeah. up on our and earth and he doesn't, and that he, he doesn't understand that he can't throw coffee cups around. But he also doesn't care. Exactly. Right. <laughs> you know? he, he, that's what I was going to say. He doesn't give a rat. Yeah. That he's an idiot. 
Exactly. I would also say that shows like that makes Wonder Woman more intelligent, <laughs> you know, like, like, more cognizant. And she doesn't just like show up and raise a leg and fart and punch somebody through a wall, you know. <laughs> uh, there you go. Uh, a, that, a friend. Oh, go ahead, D. Go ahead. Uh, a friend. She gave Eddie Candy a sword. Just bothered me. Just it just really, it really made my head hurt. Like so bad. <laughs> I saw. And, I don't know. I mean, I'll give you that. Like that was a naive moment, but I also thought it was like a very empowering like, moment where she is it, saying, "Like, look, this is the most important weapon in the world, and I'm not trusting some man. I'm going to trust you because you seem like a pretty smart woman, and I trust and, a woman yeah. to do this." Like, I didn't have a problem with and that. I, I, I got, like, I got that nuance inside there too. It just, it just really bothered me. Okay, because so, like it, I, it kills God. Yeah, right, no, right. I mean, like up it, to that like, point, we thought that that was the ultimate weapon, and yeah, it turned out. And not I totally, yeah. I totally get that because if re, if she really thought that this was her one chance to defeat Ares was right. this, this sword, uh, it doesn't matter what Steve Trevor says she can or cannot do with it. She yeah. is not letting it out of her sight. Let me ask you this: We exactly. were discussing this earlier. Did she shoot lasers out of her bracelets? Yeah, what the what the hell was that? Did right? she shoot and, lasers? Like, and it killed Ares, but Ares like shot it in the first place. But I don't. Uh, did she? I don't know because he like threw up? something at her. She like put the bracelets up, and it's like she catches it, but then she it fires like back. twice as much. Yeah, I thought that. I just thought that she like took in whatever he projected at her, and she sent it back to. You them. can't see me, but both my fists are together. Like, yeah, you're doing. The, you're doing the I'm Wonder, doing Wonder, Wonder Woman. Woman. I'm blocking. We're nerds. We're doing the same thing. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> right. I had a feeling we were all doing it at that, in that moment. Hold on, hold on. It brought us together. That was great. But Put your hands back up. I just, I don't know. I mean, like, I was, I was curious about that. And, it, of course, I'll give you that it was way too easy. They tied it up way too fast. I still very much enjoyed the film. I very much enjoyed it. And, yes, you can't deny that this is female, a female Thor story, but it's a god coming from wherever, you know, to yeah. the world. So it's going to be... A fish out of water story is a fish out of water story. My, my, a friend of mine posted online about how his favorite comic book movie features, um, you know, a, a fish out of water. Sure. Uh, who teams yeah, up with? My too. Who teams up with a uh, uh, somebody that works for the British Secret Service to bring down uh, an evil <laughs> German, uh, <laughs> evil German leader with terrifying super weapons. And then at the end, the hero has to sacrifice themselves uh, by by uh, ditching the plane. And then he says, uh, it's a problem that by me describing that, you do not know whether or not I'm talking about Wonder Woman or Captain America. Well, yeah, no, America. that's yeah. And until I had read that until he I read what he wrote. I did not. That did not occur to me. Yeah. That's um, completely fair. Yeah, yeah, and then yeah, and then it's like, and then Steve has to ditch the plane in order to save you. That is a hundred percent completely fair. Yeah, uh, <laughs> but like, all I can say is that while I totally agree and acknowledge that the movie had flaws and it had logic holes and it had all these things, the feeling of joy that I got when I watched it just yeah. superseded any of those things. That's where I'm at. Um, and. Not everyone's going to be able to get there. Sure. Your mileage may vary, as we yeah, like to say. Right. Since um, you guys are saying that, I do want to say that, that there are good scenes in the movie. Oh, absolutely. The, the, the no man's land like territory that she went into, that fight oh, yeah. scene was fucking glorious. That was amazing. Right? Yeah. Uh, the, that was amazing. The, the fight scenes in Paradise, everything in Paradise Island. I could have taken a whole prequel movie of Paradise Island. Oh, yeah. Without I, a doubt. I would have been all about it. 
like give Robin, make this movie about Robin Wright's character. Oh, yeah. Exactly. Uh, oh, yeah. I would Definitely. pay her to lift me up and throw me. In I the was traffic. so sad oh, that she God. died at Break the my end. Leg, yeah. 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 <laughs> <laughs> I was like, just kick the shit out of me. I deserve it. <laughs> D, thank you for your call. You're taking it to yeah. a weird place. Your second now. call. This is getting weird. I'm hanging up it's on you before right. we go uh, someplace that's going to get people protesting outside of my house. So. <laughs> yeah, you will. Take it easy, guys. All right. We'll talk Goodbye, to you soon, buddy. Thanks. All right, I've shut down the phone lines. All right, That's that was good. Deal. We had a that's a good response. This that week. was great. Lots um, of good responses. We only had to play multiple calls from multiple people to get here. <laughs> it's catching on. I it's love happening. it though. I think it's great. Yeah, it's catching on. And if you are enjoying it, call us. We want to hear from you about any of these things. We post a bunch of talking points like we do every week. We have the question of the week, or we can just talk about anything. Feel free. Hijack the show. We love it. Yeah, please hijack Thank the show. You it's my favorite thing that, when somebody hijacks. The totally. Show. I, Last week, Anthony got my favorite call because he did not answer the question of the week and instead wanted to talk about the superheroes I created when I was a teenager. Yeah, and it was gross. Joe Bankus gets my favorite call this week, though, because he got me so pissed off. Yeah, he did. <laughs> um, my, my favorite call, I'm sticking to it, Kyle, right off the bat. All right. With that Hamilton stuff. Of course. God. He just really knew how to get to You're me. You're so easy. It's I don't even know if he knew. I don't know if he knows. Thanks to everybody that called cover to cover. We don't have this segment without you guys. And like I said, think about calling, do it. Just call us. Do it. Excelsior. That is it for THN 11. If you're heavy into podcasts and can't figure out how to make Facebook live work good, you can subscribe to this show on iTunes or wherever you choose to collect your favorite podcasts. Hey, while you're there, leave us a rating. Oh, please. Yeah, we need ratings. That helps kick us up in the search analog so people can find us. Right. For those of you that may not recall... We lost all the, our ratings. The aforementioned great hiatus of 2016 yes. wiped us off of iTunes, it's which true. means we lost all the ratings that we had. So come back. Uh, we've got uh, we've got about a dozen or so really good ones now. We yeah. really appreciate it. Please, if you were a fan of the show, take the time to head to iTunes, leave a rating. It helps. Add a star number. Pick pick a number of stars and assign them to us. And <laughs> add a written review. Wow, you really spelled that one out. <laughs> yeah. You know how it works. Pick a number of stars and assign them to us. <laughs> THN, if you haven't uh, figured it out by now, is a listener-supported podcast. And without the support of peeps like our newest patrons, Darren Neely and Bobby from Florida, you may have heard him nitpicking earlier in the show, we don't have a podcast. We want to send a power gem-fueled thanks to everyone that supports us on PayPal, on Patreon. Without you nerds, we wouldn't be able to fund our Moloid archaeological digs. That is not to say that the Moloids get paid. They do not. Uh, no, 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 no. It, it's just for we us. We need to like pizza breaks and stuff. Yeah, you know? kombucha. Before we go, what did you just say? <laughs> <laughs> our weekly shout out goes to our friend John Bunger and the boys over at the Douglas and Dragons podcast. That crew has gone through some shit recently, but now they're back and they are stronger than ever. Word to you guys. Also, beloved internet soundtrack podcast host and superstar Randy Andrews father was in a major car accident luckily dude is okay but he's without a vehicle so randy has started a go fund me campaign to help mama and papa andrews get some new wheels if you want to help the andrews get a new set of gangster white walls and a chrysler that's as big as a whale and about to set sail we'll have a link in the show notes and on our forums where you can help until next time true believers remember to pre-order your comics or your retailer might steal the tv antenna off your 6-4 impala This is the Two-Headed Nerd, signing off.